0: What has happened to me can very soon happen to you. And if it does, we start to move towards a China-style social credit system, where our freedoms are gone, our liberty is gone, our ability to exist as ordinary human beings is gone, unless we obey the accepted wisdom of the day. This is completely against free speech, completely against liberty, completely against democracy. And whilst I am absolutely fuming, at least with this document, I have got the truth. We knew the world would not be the same.
1: Two people laughed. People cried, most people were silent. He should do his duty, and to impress him, takes on his multi-armed form and says, Now I am become death, the destroyer of world.
2: Welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's a Sunday, which means we're going to go all around the world with this week's top news. Now, I've been hearing about this movie, Oppenheimer,
3: mm-hmm.
2: about the the nuclear bomb, the atomic bomb. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm not,
4: I'm Most not a fan.
2: people, not a fan.
4: Well, you know what? So I'm funny. not saying I'm not a fan
2: of the movie. Don't know anything about the movie. I mean, nuclear bombs in general.
4: You know what's very interesting is I find that (coughs) the left has gone, or maybe they are just really showed their true faces, they are the party of war, because it is the woke Hollywood that is praising Oppenheimer, who actually turned into um, a pretty radical communist toward the end of his life, and he Mm -hmm. was actually, his security clearance was taken away. Because, because he's a madman. No, because he no 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 because he felt guilty. Oh, really? No, because he felt guilty. He, wow. um, uh, tr- Truman. He actually met with Truman. and He
2: felt guilty. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With I've all the that, blood yeah. on
4: his hands, and Truman said, "Get that sissy, whiny scientist out of my office. I never want to see him again in my life." But no, his security clearance was taken away because he. It was the time of the uh, red. Scare, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of people in America who were becoming communists and he right. um, fell for a girl who was a communist and kind of got into the communist party. And it'll happen. what's very interesting is that, I guess, supposedly people are saying, if you go and see the movie, walk out at the two-minute mark or two-hour mark because then it turns weird. What?
2: And... Okay, first of all, then don't go see the movie. Nobody's well, going to no, walk what out. What it
4: means is you, that's the movie that you want to see. That's all you're going to see. And the rest of it is his life on how uh, he lost his security clearance and he got oh, you're depressed walk out and all that movie, stuff I get,
2: it. Yeah. Um, I get
4: the sentiment my big, my big thing uh, just kind of watching Hollywood praise the creator of the atomic bomb yeah and making a movie about it and putting this guy like up on a pedestal I feel like it's dangerous I feel yeah. like it's very dangerous to be praising so much war and bloodshed And when we're talking about World War II, it seems that nothing is off the table to stop the Nazis. Even... How do you justify killing and maiming so many innocent people in the name of defending innocent
2: people? Right. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you you said there is no... There's nothing you would not do to stop Nazis. And in today's climate, who's been labeled the Nazis? Us. Right? Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So there's nothing you wouldn't do. It doesn't matter if there's innocent people that get taken out in the process. Well, and
4: this actually goes to our main story here today that we're going to talk about with (coughs) Nigel Farage. Yeah. He is considered a Nazi. Um, He's considered, and so funny is that when I hear Nazi, I hear far left
2: well yeah that in historically no but historically speaking that was the truth so
4: it doesn't make sense this because is all brand new. nigel farage is a free market capitalist businessman and that's the whole right. point that's why he has money to put in a bank and have the business account right and a few weeks ago nigel farage was debanked unbanked as it were and i'm now learning that coots bank is one of the largest banks in the uk where actually the royal family bank and pierce morgan banks and they have large business accounts it's a hoity, hoity bank. and you have to keep like a million dollars in your account get in out order to keep these certain business accounts i struggle to keep the fifteen hundred dollar minimum of our account oh I my know. gosh well that's what makes nigel farage not a far-left nazi because he's a right-wing free market capitalist who makes businessman who makes money well they said and the BBC reported that it just had to do with procedural things he let too much money you know let us right. account can't go too low well Nigel got a 40 page report that showed that they didn't want to be associated with him <laughs> and so if you would bring up that YouTube that I sent you that I want to play in Nigel's words and then we're gonna go over some commentary but you know when banks are saying that you can't bank with them, and then the socialists, who Pierce Morgan had, wants a state-run bank. Well, that's CBDCs. Oh, of course. So of course the answer to the so I put in what's called a subject
5: access,
6: which, Nigel, we're which not ready would yet. be
4: oh well, let's have a state-run bank, and right. the state keeps track of all that you're saying and all that you're doing, and then do if this, you have one state-run bank, and then then what do you do? Because we have to make purchases, we have to. Um, be able to have a medium of exchange, and they don't allow us to have our own bank.
2: So what do we do? Well, let's let's listen to Nigel here. Oh, I don't actually have this up in the right one hang on I didn't have your tabs up. I had them up slightly. Let's do it like this. So Gosh. I put it. Shh, Nigel, we're coming for you. He's <laughs> so he just loves to talk over everybody. He does. Here we go. Oh, that's a bad. I left him in the bad position there.
0: Come on, man. There we go. ...request to coots the bank, who decided they wanted to close me out. I wanted to find out why. What was the reasoning behind them closing the account? Now, as you know, they had briefed the BBC that it was to do with lack of funds and nothing else. Well, here's the document. It is an incredible 40 pages. It It reads rather like a brief that you'd give to a barrister ahead of a serious criminal trial. I mean, from the tone of this document, I must be one of the worst human beings ever to have inhabited this planet. <laughs> but I guess if you were you know, upper middle class, wealthy London metropolitan elites, uh, then that's perhaps how you would view me. Although quite what this has to do with banking and commerce, I don't really know. Let me give you just a few pointers as to what's in this document. Word searches are really interesting. Brexit is mentioned 30 times. Well, I think it's quite very easy to understand that. I don't think the globalist establishment, I don't think the corporates ever forgave anybody directly involved in the Brexit movement. They didn't accept the result of the referendum, and I guess they never, ever will. Russia. Is mentioned 22 times <laughs> with links to a whole series of articles that appeared in the Guardian and elsewhere attempting to link myself and Aaron Banks to Russia and indeed to Russian funding. All of that has been disproved with Aaron Banks winning his court case. Could you pause, his libel Could you pause that real quick? So, against- um,
4: I'm going to leave him up because I'll only be a second. Boris Johnson has come out in defense of Nigel Farage saying um, no bank should be able to unbank somebody, especially for political reasons. You know
2: why he's coming out? Because he's afraid they may do it to him too, but go ahead. Well, no. What I find very disturbing is that every single person has to
4: say, I may not agree with him on such and such and such and such, but you don't have a right to take away his bank account. No. No. You don't have a right to take away his bank account. You don't have to use it as some sort of time and platform to be like agreeing with the bank, not agreeing with Nigel's positions. So literally, Mr. Far Left Climate Wokey guy, Boris Johnson, who I don't even want to give the honor or respect of playing this video because to me, I felt like it was a a, spit in the face. For him to come on and say, "Oh, and I'm just this posh and was the prime minister, and you don't have a right to, to to bank someone," but I thoroughly disagree with him on Ukraine and Russia, and I disagree with him on the climate crisis. But you, you don't have you don't have a right to, to to take somebody's banking away from them. And I'm I'm like the Pierce Morgan said the same thing. Pierce Morgan went even farther to use to disparage Nigel Farage and his beliefs and almost character. Okay, to the point where he's like throwing him under the bus, like he is. Yeah, he's basically a Nazi, but you know what I mean, like because of his views on Brexit, because of his views on climate, because he doesn't want to go to war with, he doesn't want to go to world war, War Three, because he doesn't see this uh, world war that we are already having and and participating in and giving cluster bombs to the U- Ukraine. Because he doesn't agree with him on that, and there's so many issues. Nigel Farage is as straight-laced as you can get. He is Margaret Thatcher dude, okay? <laughs> he is not far right in any sense of the term. And when it comes to the issues where the far right or the right would want him to be stronger, he is very, very restrained and, and, and very respectful and very honorable. And it's just mind-boggling to me that these guys who come out in his defense on the other side would have to come and be like well i kind of do believe i kind of do agree with the bank i agree with the 40 page assessment of nigel Farage's beliefs and i and they're literally the talking points of the bank were he does not align with our belief system why and they said a different way um, values what it's a political system why is that bank? why does a bank that has i think 15 million customers have a political belief system that it wants to promote so much so that it's not just debanking Nigel Farage, but other people. Let's continue to hear what Farage has to say here.
0: Against Carol Cabwella, the journalist involved, who wrote these things, but that's fine. All these people do is take every negative press article about me they possibly can and collate it in this document. Twice in this document, So Chris Bryant is mentioned. I hinted a couple of weeks ago, I thought this could be behind it. And sure enough, twice the accusation made under parliamentary privilege that I'd received over half a million quid in one year from the Kremlin is mentioned in this document and constitutes quite a big part of their conclusions. Donald Trump, well, of course he gets a mention 14 times. Donald Trump is mentioned. The fact that I support Donald Trump is again part of this charge sheet. Racist is mentioned nine times, what well, I thought it might be, and the exposed person five times. Let me just give you one or two quotes from this that might be instructive. The client's financial position is now sufficient to retain on a commercial basis. The decision to close me down was made at a meeting on November the 17th last year on the wealth reputational risk committee they got together and decided that once the small mortgage i had with them expired in 2023 they would get rid of me even though i met the financial criteria on a commercial basis contrary to what was spun to the bbc they haven't told the truth on this and i'm pretty blooming angry about it but now we get into what this report's really all about what it is accepted. That no criminal convictions have resulted. Gosh, they sound disappointed, don't they? Commentary and behaviors that do not align with the bank's purpose and values the bank's have been purpose. demonstrated.
4: Pause quick. What bank- is the bank's purpose? I thought the bank was to be like, hey, bank here. <laughs> Put your money in, put your money out. Put your money in, shake it all about. Do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. That's what the bank's about. Banking is banking. My dogs didn't...
2: are clearly as upset about this as you are.
4: Hey, 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 Bella, hey, Bella, 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 ma'am. come here. Bella, Bella, come here. Bella,
2: when Bella. When you have a tiny Westie who The rules, phone rang, by the who way. Who literally rules the whole house.
4: Come
2: here, girl. Come here. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Bella, would she- you like to come on camera? Mm-hmm. We will have her on camera before this shows end. All right, you guys. When it comes to what has happened to Nigel Farage, this can happen to anyone. Yeah. Not just in the UK. They are, they will do, they already have. Right. There are countless podcasters that have already been debanked. They've Mm -hmm. been kicked out of PayPal. But you would think Mm -hmm. podcaster, um, one of the highest well-known people in the whole of UK who used to be in the European Parliament. Yeah. You would think that that would make you slightly untouchable. You would
4: think. I would think. Yeah. And actually, I think because of his position, he's... Uh, kind of exposing that other people have been debanked.
2: Rob Allen, hi Rob, has uh, this to say, politics shouldn't dictate whether you can bank at a bank. Currency has no emotions. And that's the thing, these people are overly emotional. They think that we're overly emotional. Uh-huh. They like are the, the ones that over are way overly emotional.
0: Has a series of values. The bank has a series of political positions. And as for purpose, Well, I thought the purpose of companies was to act ethically, yes, of course, but to return to their shareholders dividends. And in this case, folks, do you know who the shareholders are? It's you and me. This bank is part of the RBS group. It's 38.6% owned by us because we bailed them out in 2008 after their greed and short-sighted stupidity. We are the shareholders, but they're more bothered they're more bothered about putting up rainbow flags and being popular at dinner parties in Chelsea than they are about actually making money. When considering our stance, our stance, this is the bank stance, specifically on ESG, diversity and inclusion, the comments and articles are not in line with our views or our purpose. That word purpose, coming back again. Again i go on is seen as xenophobic and racist oh charming that's nice isn't it that really is lovely thank you so very much indeed for that and here's the final one in making the decision risk factors including accusations of links to russia and controversial public statements which are felt to conflict with the bank's purpose so let's be clear What's the, the de- decision to get rid of me wasn't financial it was done because somehow I don't fit with their values. They were bailed out by us. They have a duty to run at a profit as a commercial business. But no, they are to be the moral guardians of all. And that's because the march through the public and private corporate sectors of left-wing institutions who want to change the way the world is, organisations like Stonewall has led us exactly to where we are. And I guess it's not just coups because I've been refused by 10 other banks. I will not get a UK bank account. That is done, dusted over. Mercifully, in the modern world, there are fintech solutions where I can receive and pay money. I won't be able to earn interest on that money. I won't be able to borrow money. It won't be a full bank account, but I will be able to exist and survive. So is this all about me? No. Since I broke this story, the number of people who've been in touch with me, who've been summarily closed down by the banks, because, you see, the banks don't have to give any explanation. Any explanation. something called the tipping off rule. He would have never known. Which means know. they do b- you, report. for example, if the police are investigating your affairs. I'm not sure they've ever been challenged fully, publicly, over closure of bank accounts the way that I've done. The number of people running little businesses, window cleaners, taking cash. No, we don't want your business anymore as we move towards a cashless control right. society. Right. Worst of all is this. Above our banks are a series of international agencies. Right. The biggest of them being a firm being called Refinitiv. Okay. Mm. Banks go to that firm to see what our credit worthiness is, whether we are an acceptable risk to lend money to, for example. Now, I don't blame the banks for protecting themselves, but Refinitiv are now gonna work with banks so they'll be able to check your social media. What
4: has
0: happened to me can very soon Happen to you.
4: Your social credit start to move
0: towards a China-style social credit system where our freedoms are gone, our liberty is gone, our ability to exist as ordinary human beings is gone unless we obey the accepted wisdom of the day. Completely against free speech, completely against liberty, completely Mm -hmm. against democracy. And whilst I am absolutely fuming, at least with this document, I have got the truth. That is Mm -hmm. what is happening in modern Britain. We need radical change yes. to the legislation. We've got to change the PEP status rules. Otherwise,
4: okay. So, and you can close that one down. We, I have a lot of commentary on this commentators to bring up, but Michelle, your first thoughts on the social credit score.
2: Well, here's what I
4: keep, you thinking. know, your credit score, you know, you got to go get it. Every time you go to a store, they, they, they go to a certain company, right? And they look up your credit score. So you can get like a, You know, Macy's card, card, you know, Cole's card. Yeah. What if they had some sort of social credit score where, you know, there was a company that looked through all your social media posts and decided, well, though, you're far right, then maybe we're not going to give you credit Here's what
2: I find fascinating about this whole thing, because we here in the United States, and many nations have since replicated what we have done, really since the foundation of our country, but specifically when it comes to the civil rights movement. So... During the civil rights movement, we already hashed out this idea that you can't dictate whether you will accept um, customers based on things that you don't agree with, including, but not limited to, the color of their skin. Right. So now, the civil rights movement is beginning to completely unravel before our eyes, Mm -hmm. where companies can go back to... What 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 happens if they go as far as they would like to to say white people are now the the people to be shunned? Right? Well they can't because most of the bad guys in this world are rich white people. Somehow they could make it work. And then and then they do not have to accept and then this happens no. in, in, in universities, right? Yeah. When we have this diversity, equity, inclusion. It literally pushes out people of a certain color. I'm, I'm going to say
4: from what I'm from from what I am have been gathering from these sources is it's not about a color exactly. It's always about an a ideology. Beliefs, but what I'm saying is, and so by pushing out newbies, new young people coming in, you know, you're gonna eliminate some more of that. It's it's straight white men that are. Going to mostly be the ones leaning right. So if you can kind of get rid of those guys,
2: but that's what I'm saying. It's at the basis of it but it's of really all of this. Not about color. It's about what you believe that. And it's you... but it's classism at its at its finest. Okay. It's yes, it's a belief system, and yes, it is a relig- religion. Okay. But they want the people that believe like them yeah. to rise to the top of right. a class.
4: Well, if you look at any of these uh, universities that have diversity hiring or whatever, it's almost all run by a white
2: guy. Exactly.
4: So it's not that they're against white guys. It's classism. It's a, it's but, a mentality. But, you know, there's a the
2: whole, like, you could go down a, a million conspiracy theories Yeah, I on get this, to some of this, yeah. Whereas, is, is, okay, maybe those white guys don't want the competition of other white guys. I thought I don't the know. Same like, thing. this is so stupid. This I thought the same thing. thing. But yeah. When it comes to Nigel Farage and the banks... Uh, this is. You asked me a question that didn't really. Uh, my thought wasn't on that. My thought was on this.
7: What are you charged with?
2: Shoot, that's a really good. I can't bring these up, and they're all going to start playing. Um, what? What? My thought was BBC on the banking. Okay. I was trying to bring it up to get <laughs> ready, but I didn't know they're all going to start playing. Go ahead. They just do. I don't know why they always do. Um, is there is a system? If you're going to go to your friends baseball diamond. You have to abide by your friend's baseball diamond's rules, how they want to play ball. And I believe that God is allowing this to happen and it is going to continue to happen until we, as the body of Christ, rise up and say, hey, gu- hey guess what, guys? Let's stop playing ball in the devil's baseball diamond. Yeah. Let's start operating in the kingdom of God. Let's pull out from their systems so you can whine and you can complain and you can get all upset that you've been debanked when the whole banking system from its very inception is satanic to start with. So you really, as much as this is wrong, you can't complain. Well, so I would we say have to move since
4: we got off the gold.
2: Since we got off of gold. We have gold to move work. back yes. to God's system of money, which is gold and silver. And yeah. God is going to keep allowing these types of things to happen until yeah. we wake up and say, Hey, you know what? Maybe we should do it God's way. But
4: in the meantime, it's wrong. Exactly. Uh, Camilla Long in the Times, setting aside the letters, obfuscating, insincere, maddening bank speak. It clearly is the bank's policy to rid the people of that whimsically doesn't like. Uh, Rose doesn't say sorry for actually debanking Farage or offer him uh, his old Coots account back. Uh, Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister of the UK, has been clear refusing people like Farage banking services was wrong. I, I, I love how they're just, oh, it's, it was wrong. I want to play a couple of these reactions here. The Broken Biscuit Company.
8: <clears throat>
4: That's the uh, BBC reporting there. The woman who got the report, the, the, the story, uh, the scoop, was sitting next to a Coots Bank um, executive or something. Oh my gosh.
9: Simon Jack, the correspondent that reported this story that business editor.
10: Mm-hmm. He had been
9: uh, kind of disbanded from Coots, banned by Coots because he didn't have sufficient mm-hmm. funds. He did the subject asset access request, found out it was actually because of his political views. Mm-hmm. Simon Jack's still refusing to apologize. I mean I find that quite astonishing because as a journalist if you get it wrong you have to say mayor
10: culprit. Well absolutely. I mean the, the, the dear old the broken biscuit company. Have yeah. I have I used that word before? Is that how you're I think it these I think when I worked at the BBC I loved them dearly I uh, but I did call them the broken biscuit company because the way the way the way it is run or rather rather <laughs> inefficiently run. Yeah. This is another classic example we had with the whole terrible Hugh Edwards saga. Most of the, so much of the blame there is the BBC's reaction to things, Mm. how it gets on with things. This is a classic, another classic to me. As soon as it was evident, let's be honest, Simon Jack is a jolly good journalist, Mm. jolly good at his job. and He sits next to a banker who gives him a line on the Nigel Farage story. Well, of course he's going to go with that. It's a jolly good source. But if that source turns out to be wrong mm-hmm. getting get that the facts are simply the other way around as nigel himself has now discovered in great detail yeah. then for goodness sake just put your hands up and, and say
9: why can't the bbc handle any of these crises uh, well
10: and why simon come on lad, just just say Sorry, got that wrong. Yes, uh, 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 it turns out that my, my, my source was, uh, you know, trying to cover something up, which is what it looks like, doesn't yeah, very it? very much so. And that in itself is, you know, puts you at the heart of a jolly good story, shows you have uh, jolly good instincts. Sometimes those instincts are proved to be wrong. Go out there and say it, admit it, Why and not? get on with it. Very... But the BBC,
9: oh, it moves so no, no, slow. The, I know it's the broken biscuits. Scale, the broken biscuits. It's, kind of, it's just not, I don't know, the comms reaction to a lot of the stories. We haven't had a newspaper review in the last six to eight weeks probably beyond that hasn't featured one bbc crisis or another mm. it's just a story
4: they have to pay for that by the way the citizens of the uk they don't have a choice
2: you know what i also found interesting was when nigel said that because the bank's been bailed out it's 38 percent owned by the people mm-hmm. and i think that that at that point the bank no longer gets to say they have, have values. values. They have You've be. been bailed out by the people. You don't get to politically ostracize someone and cancel them from yeah, the bank. Yeah, you are
4: a public bank. Basically. What's really yeah.
11: scary is how they're all in cahoots with one another. So Ooh. here you have the leader of Coots who is apparently very woke, very progressive. Arch Remainer very, very liberal, very inclusive, Arch you remain. know, mm-hmm. working alongside the BBC, leaking information allegedly. You know, about one of their clients, I mean, it's absolutely disgusting. And then the pile-on from people like John Sopel, it was Mm -hmm. really all disgusting. And it smacks of Bolshevikian behaviour. It's so Soviet and CCP Mm. and eerie. And you think, these are the people who Hector is constantly about... Being open-minded, being tolerant.
3: Mm. It's they the last thing they are. They
11: are rank hypocrites, and it is history. Well, well, they would
12: argue that they're mm. just following a set of rules that make the world a more friendly and inclusive place. <laughs> you see, Mark, I think it's bigger than left or right. I, I think do. it's actually freedom of thought. Mm. That is what is in danger of being taken away. I don't even think it's Mm. comfortable, even if you're a left-wing person, to think, oh, yes, they're doing the right thing, because it's only a matter of time before they start coming after the left. So we cannot... Because you won't be woke enough, will you? No, you won't be woke enough, and they're going to keep on changing the poll posts. So I I don't think it's a comfortable time for left or right. Yes, and I also think that, you know, and I'm... Like most people, I'm super relaxed about if you choose to change gender and you, you were he and now you're she, good mm. luck to you. You mm. know, I've got a couple of very close trans friends, no mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. But if you actually religiously accept the principle that you can change your biological sex, which contradicts basic science. Yes. If you accept that myth, that mm-hmm. fiction, it doesn't end there, does it? No, no. There's just, it's just a whole ideology behind it. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I'm worried about. Now, here's the thing, Peter Lloyd, you've, you've actually uh, spent a lot of time as a journalist working on this issue of, of the kind of progressive left and the woke takeover of, of our country. Um, is there any rowing back from this? Or have, have woke won?
11: Mm, that's a very good question. I think, ultimately, the war against woke will be won. Right. I think eventually, common sense will be regained. But I think it will be similar to what the world would be like if a nuclear bomb had gone off. Yeah. So things would have been razed to the ground. We would have had our resources depleted. Our morale will be completely low. Technically, we may have won, but we will be totally spent mm. and exhausted. And it will be a very long and arduous process of rebuilding civilization.
1: Mm.
12: It's it, a
2: little it's even hopeless. Possible.
12: You know, I really- I mean, that sounds like a- Because nervous. now you've got the tech
2: giants- Well, no, I don't- but I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's wrong either, but I don't think it's going to be quite- See, the reason why they're- up uh, they feel like- like you and I want nature to take back over. Yeah. And they don't, so it's- it's- it's kind of hopeless and sad for them, because they don't want to get their hands in the dirt. I think they're really-
4: dark. I think that they're realistically evaluating the situation, I appreciate that, rather than platitudes of, it'll be- it'll be okay.
12: Nigel Farage at your peril, as Coutts, the elite bank, have just found out. After being told his account was to be closed and given no reason as to why, he used his platform to pursue the issue. After an outright lie from the bank leaked to a BBC journalist that he wasn't wealthy enough to have an account, the ensuing media storm has shamed Coutts into releasing a 40-page dossier proving that all of this was political. Nigel Farage was punished not just for having brought about Brexit, which is mentioned over 80 times in the dossier, but for having views on net zero, illegal immigration and the war in Ukraine. And he was guilty of the heinous crime of sharing a hilarious clip from Ricky Gervais about trans ideology on Twitter. None of this discourse is acceptable to coots. The message to Farage, and others, is very clear. Don't debate any of these issues, don't ask questions, and don't have the wrong opinions. Just shut up, or we'll take away your bank account. The BBC's business editor, Simon Jack, who seems to know Jack about reporting, still hasn't taken down the misleading and erroneous tweet about Farage's finances being the reason. Well, Nigel, being Nigel, stood his ground, and the truth finally emerged, as it always does. With an apology from Dame Alice Rose, the head honcho of Nat West, who own Coots. Disgracefully, this mealy mouthed apology, which does say sorry for the bank's behaviour and promises to look at their processes, does not involve an offer to restore his Coots bank account. I think he should sue them to get his account back, just to prove a point. The government and the regulators have been asleep at the wheel for too long on this. And they've yielded to-
2: Let me read some comments over here on Facebook. Uh, Patriot Gallery says, Discrimination! It's like telling a person you're black and you can't stay here. Um, Let's see. That was a little bit more confusing. A clear case of religious and moral discrimination, but they mm-hmm. are crooks and their money is not real, says Patriot mm-hmm. Gallery. Vic- uh, Virginia says the New World Order will control all bank accounts. Biden already apparently has tried this and apparently working on the New World Order. I can't confirm but uh, this, but I plan on fact-checking more to come. Yes, the now accounts did go live three days ago, Virginia. I can help you mm-hmm. fact-check that. Um, so Rob Allen says, correct. The left and right will actually have to unite in order to combat what is going on.
4: No, you're right. The left and right will have to combat and come together, but can they? And I think that that's the point of the pundit there. And I feel very every time I hear somebody say nuclear bomb, nuclear nuclear bomb, I I, I think to myself of the prophecy that the Lord gave me in 2015, and I'm going to keep repeating it because I know it was from God. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying yes, to find a specific I one. You. I already...
2: But I'm also
4: going to get the okay. to Um, which the Lord spoke to me in 2015, and I, I prayed Russia, 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 Sunday, 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 and I prayed nuclear and then bomb in parentheses. So all of these things the Lord told me were going to happen and be on everyone's lips. Yeah. Again, to remind you guys, Sunday is representative of the solar eclipse, the two solar eclipses seven years apart, um... One happening in 2017. The other one will be in 2024. So we are going to see. I believe. This is not like. I am putting two and two pieces together. With what the Lord gave me with this word. The Lord gave me a very long. Very detailed word. Of basically society collapsing. And the Lord showed me. What was going to happen in 2020. But it's not over yet. So we're only halfway there. Um he God is warning people in between these, you know, with Donald Trump, with 2020 with COVID and what we're dealing with right now, this is a very interesting time. And I'm reminded of, my mom sent me a sermon by Jonathan Edwards about pressing into the kingdom of God. And there's a scripture that says that, that, All, all mankind are trying to press into the kingdom of God, Mm. pressing into it. And at the time that Jesus came, and I know this is why a lot of people feel like Jesus is coming back, um, because at the time when Jesus came, everybody seemed to want to figure out how to press into the kingdom of God. What, how do I get to the kingdom of God? Centurions, Roman officials, everyday people, what must I do to be saved? How do I get into the kingdom? How do I get into this kingdom that you're talking about? And we're seeing that right here on a world news report, which Michelle and I used to just cover as just the stories. You all are wondering, what is the God angle? Because you want to press into the kingdom of God because you see the tsunami is coming. Right. You can see it. The wave is coming. We don't know when that wave is going to get here, but the tsunami is coming. And... All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But the tsunami is God's righteous justice. And judgment is something that happens not when God is angry at the people. Justice and judgment happen when the cries of the righteous in the midst of evil reach heaven. And so we want God's justice and judgment. And the more the left cries and goes crazy, the more other people wake up and ask for justice and judgment. And the more those people get their hearts right with God, the quicker this thing is over. And many people think that it's going to be this bad, horrible thing and you're going to have to run and hide and, and everything's going to go to hell in a handbasket. Well, the Civil War abraham lincoln said that was god's judgment on america for slavery but charles finney 30 years before the civil war was preaching hey guys if we seek god and we change our hearts i I foresee a civil war if we don't end slavery now but slavery is going to be ended by changing people's hearts so that they recognize the value of their fellow human being and they turn and repent and Chris, Elijah, and a lot of people that I know are keep getting the same word, abolition, 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 abolition. And we are in this movement right now, this, this this second move of abolition. And it's aligning us all with the will of God for your body, for your mind, for your spirit. And I don't think it's a coincidence that this woke has to do a lot with transgenderism and LGBT. That's pretty much where a lot of it focuses on, and the climate. So, and and so, if you take money, climate, LGBT, kind of the same.
2: Should you throw abortion in there?
4: Um, It's very interesting that that seems to, at at this particular moment, kind of been set aside. But yes, abortion is part of that for sure. But that's not the push right now. Yeah, that's not the push at this moment. This 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 yeah, next wave at this moment is this LGBT yeah. trans. This true. is this is the push that's happening. Um, they've they've the companies did that with the abortion. They kind of did it. No, a little that's bit. what I'm saying. The, the but Abortion but right and now, feminism
2: was the lead up. Yeah, yeah but that was what it was. In that's the put 70s, to the 80s, side. 90s. Right
4: now, this final push where, where people are kind of you know waking up. What we have to do is recognize that you are made in the image of God that sexuality is between a man and a woman created by God for the purpose of procreation and marriage and God makes these matches and any sort of thing outside of that is not of God and you will not get God you will not receive God's blessings okay if you are of a country that is outside of that when so when people start to wake up and repent of that then God can bring justice and it's almost as if God is a god is allowing these particular people and and maybe bring this one up with the just stop just stop oil these particular people that seem so crazy uh to go crazy until we wake up and repent and say hey These Just Stop Oil people, they're actually right, but they're going about it in the wrong way because they're hypocrites. They're not farming. They're not planting trees. They're not doing anything to save the environment. They are um, basically a magician show to get you to look over here, and they're, they're basically pawns for the new green agenda that is all about money and making money. So Nigel Farage uh, is talking about Just Stop Oil. And I don't know if he plays the clip here, but we're going to play a clip of Just Stop Oil actually stopping traffic. So a, a woman from a woman who was not able to get her baby to the hospital.
0: We are living in an age of increasing street protests at the top of the tree at the moment, appear to be a group called Just Stop Oil who want to stop horse racing, tennis, cricket, snooker, uh, vandalise art, you name it. But extraordinarily, there's now a counter group, and you can see them on your screens. They're called Just Stop Peeing Off Everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And they are are dressed in similar colours, and you can see there, that effectively what they've done is to surround a group of Just Stop Oil protesters on the streets of London. Uh, And I think it's funny, but it's important to reiterate what I said to you last night, when we saw an example of somebody actually kicking and punching a Just Stop Oil protester. Two wrongs don't make a right. So if people can respond peacefully and with a degree of humour, that I think is a very, very good thing. Personally, I've absolutely had it up to here with just stop oil. Okay, they so if you go over here,
4: I want you guys to see their recent shenanigans stopping traffic. No, So she has a baby in her car that needs to get to the hospital. And these people, they literally are like, I'm just, I, are they paid to hold the line? Like are you paid enough to like kill a kid? why they even walk in the first place why not just stand
2: why walk forward slowly because the cars are coming up on them and they might hit them it's like it's it's um a natural instinct
4: i don't know i don't know I, it's very strange to me i i don't know i don't i've got let's see where's my okay i want to go to australia speaking of climate craziness
3: <laughs> now uh melbourne we always keep why okay. i guess it's lefty lunacy well i
4: i want to i i want enough. to tell people what's happening because i think you'll be upset with this
2: they can't tell us the
4: i want to tell you i want to tell you personally that melbourne this council wants to ban french fries and all deep fried things
2: wait a minute yeah Whole the they want
4: to phase out all deep fryers and make everybody air fry.
3: So we go out of the Melbourne. What are they doing now? They're cancelling chips or something, Rita. That's well, well, fresh yes, fries. The local
13: council, City of Greater Dandenong, <laughs> I give up. Has decided that uh, sporting clubs, community groups, they really shouldn't be giving people chips. Think about the health issues. They need to have air fryers. Are so they telling them to pull out their deep fryers, the inbuilt ones. What? Yes. No more French fries. No, rice. you need mm. to have those tasteless.
3: The council is mandating mm. how you cook your food.
13: Well, they they just may um, have some expectations that you serve healthy food, Rowan.
3: And what, did they penalise you? Or what do they do? Well, we don't know. They're demanding it the moment.
13: it's it is a plan at this point. I don't think there is any fines, but just give them a bit of time. They and are this, this, the, the, this they is, is
3: why, They This is why we were talking last week about central bank Digital currencies. Once there is a CBDC, they will control. That's it. No fried food. Can, I just, say, can I just say, you know, this is just emblematic. And the reason why I think everybody has an emotional response to this story, because this is just the thin tip of the wedge of the joyless, puritanical <laughs> freaks that yep. seem to be in charge of our country, of it's our society, true. and have been. They grabbed all of that power during COVID. Now they're using climate. It's not just in deep fryers They're also saying, oh, you you can't have a gas stove anymore no. oh no, no no you've got to get an EV that goes for 35 kilometers before it Peter's out on the side of the road you know it is this whole puritanical urge to tell people how to live and it's always been the right my whole life that's always been accused of this mm. but it is coming most strongly from the left
13: yeah. the right wants mm. you not to expose little children to porn that's where, if, they're, if, they're bigger. Bigger, if 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 yeah, that's that's where they have some uh, standards. But no, the left want to control every facet of your life. Okay, we don't want kids watching porn, and they don't want you eating
4: French fries. Make the screen big. Make the screen big. But there was one more. Why did you play the about goes with the this? French
2: fries? Yeah. Okay.
6: And even if you're somebody who is not planning to visit or doesn't have a major turnover, when it comes to your business. There's a local council in Victoria that is now going after people who, like me, don't mind some fried food every now and then.
9: Deep fried food like hot chips will be off the menu after an edict from the city of Greater Dandenong Council.
6: Oh, please. Yeah, this was a big one over the weekend. Get ready for no more fat frying when it comes to your chips and scallops and all the rest of it. It said it should be air frying. There's only one problem with air frying.
14: When it comes to the idea it seems fans are not fans the deep fried food is a footy food that's what you go to the footy for to get your chips and your dim sims and
2: your stuff like that i definitely greasy been. on a saturday morning so please keep the deep fried chips with the
9: potato cakes and that
6: everyone loves their chips and gravy on a winter's day at the footy so we like having no beer at the footage on australian with the potential to impact fundraising oh i do love this place. there's got to be more in this story
9: You can only do a minimal of, you know, a cup or two of chips in an air fryer at a time where we can do possibly, you know, 10 to 12 buckets of chips at one time with the two baskets in a deep fryer.
6: Did I say frog in the pot? I meant frog in the air fryer. God love you, Victoria. And I know the people watching this show didn't vote for him and everyone I see every time I go didn't vote for him, but plenty did. And seemingly will as he tries to continue to, uh, well, turn you into the frog and he can be the water and he owns the pot. But of course it's not gas as well, because that's the way it has to work in Victoria.
4: Oh my gosh. Okay, so um, there is actually a game and I think we should play this for one second. Okay, when you're done. Mm -hmm. Because they're talking about these uh, these footy games and I thought it was soccer, but it's a whole different game that we've never seen before. Just
2: hang on. We can get back to the world news part of this in a second okay Leah knows very well there is the one food group there it you is, do not touch it, it French fries aka in the UK chips for my for universe Australia or excuse me in Australia also are an entire food group yeah okay I don't know what life what meaning life would have without without French fries yeah Air fried French fries are not yummy. They're not. They I have tried them. They aren't they are not the same thing. So what they are trying to do is zap anything in this world that brings they want any type in the Matrix of joy.
4: Sucking down the amino acid vitamin protein thing that tastes like oatmeal. Whatever. I don't have.
2: You know what they say. Come and take it. Come and take it. Come
13: and take my come French take fries. It. Come and
2: take my fried French fries. You come and try. Try me once. Try me once. I'm taking away French fries that are fried. Okay. Yeah. But also, it's unnatural. Yeah. It's not natural. No, God didn't create your
4: electric air fryer. Bingo. But, but, but grease can all... but Oil? Fried...
2: Oh, you know how many fried cakes there are in the Old Testament? Lots Offering of fried... up fried
4: cakes? Mm-hmm. It's I, biblical. It's... Fried cakes is biblical. Yeah, that's against my... It's my religion.
2: It's my religious... That's the... You have to take this angle with these insane people. It's my religious right. Killjoy says Gene Wallace. Um, Rob Allen says they want you hooked up to a shake machine full of amino protein goo. He yes. says everybody will be living a fasted lifestyle under the CCP. And then he also says, dang, we all about to lose weight. Patriot Gallery says, skinny jeans. They're miserable. They don't eat. They already are miserable people. That's so funny. Okay, Enjoy me, your life. Now, I've been missing some comments over here on DLive, and I know that I know that y'all have stuff to say over here. Um Let's see. Do, 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 do. Um, they're not French fries. They are chips. Barry, we talked about this. We know what they are. They're the, but they're the same thing. You say they're not. They are. Okay? Um, don't know about you all, but God didn't make fat to avoid or sugar or salt or meat or peanuts. Exactly. Rip Baza says, throw an Aussie on the Barbie. LOL. Uh, the Australian Rugby League is the footy, which is what Stuart the Brit says. Yeah, I want you to bring that up. I want you to just play a video so people know what that is. And the ketchup has a thousand more calories than the French fries, says Mizo, Good point. Stuart the Brit says, what about crisps in the packet? They are drenched in fat. You mean, we call them potato chips over here. Um, so, Yeah. Libtards, leave our food alone, says James. This is what the New World Order uh, people want to dictate all to all of us about every little thing. Hmm. Exactly. Now, we will get to over here. You want me to pull up YouTube? My last YouTube.
4: Yeah. So this is the footy game. This is footy. Australian football.
2: Is that, oh, it's intense. The yeah. Australian Football League.
4: Yeah. Footy? It's. I guess it's a mix. It's kind of like American football, but it's. It's,
3: it's a little bit different
14: than It's unlike any other game in the world.
1: Buddy Franklin
14: under the scene.
3: Franklin, this is Buddy Franklin!
14: Otherwise known as Aussie Rules, AFL, or footy, Australian football is chock-a-block full of non-stop action, athleticism, hard hits, floor, and, uh, ..heart-stopping moments. No, no, to, be no, to be no, this. This is Australia's game. Okay.
15: Not even kidding. The professional men's league, the AFL, is the most attended domestic sports league in the world per capita. It's made up of 18 teams across the country.
14: The AFLW is the women's competition, formed in 2017 and growing rapidly ever since.
15: Righto, let's talk some basics. On game day, two teams play each other on a this field shaped like an oval. A starting He's, lineup consists NFL, of defenders, midfielders, and forwards.
14: You gotta be fit to play this sport. Oh. Players can move anywhere on the ground and perform any role during the game. Games are split into four quarters, with time added for stoppages in play. And the game starts deal. with players from both teams fighting for possession and of the Grundy ball. We
0: are away, and Grundy out the back was able to get it to
15: Pendlebury. The aim is to move the ball down the field and score. This is done in one of three ways. You can't throw the ball, but you can use your fist to punch the ball out of your hands. You That's down. a handball. You can okay, run like, with the ball, but that, don't like. forget to bounce it every 15 meters.
3: Petty. oh, he's in a good spot. Petty with like the bounce. Here's the good moment. Ball. Petty soccer. with second What is this?
15: And finally, you can kick the ball. Uh, oh, no. Oh. oh. Yeah, that's better. Treloar kicks it
14: beautifully. Look at that ball. Players what? try to catch the ball after it's been kicked at least 15 metres. This is called a mark. Fun fact you can use your opponent as a stepladder and take what's called a specky. Wait, that's legal? After a mark, you can choose to play on. Or you can stop and take an unobstructed kick.
15: To score, the idea is to kick the ball between the two large upright posts. There's
0: the target. And that's right
15: up. Ooh, that's oh, a goal. Never... That's six points.
14: By the way, you can also kick goals like this. This. Or even this. No way!
9: Wait, <laughs> who made this up? Oh.
15: Who made this Hit team up? How does it have rules point like this? Between the big posts and the outer lower post. Ah, how did you miss that? That's worth one point. We call that a behind. After a goal is scored, the ball goes back to the centre square and the action starts again. Streaming through.
3: Bang! 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 Bang!
14: So, how do you get the ball back from your opponents? You can spoil bump, smother and tackle. Is it true they don't wear pads? And
15: bang. Once tackled, your opponent must correctly dispose of the ball. Yeah, nah, not like that. If they don't and have had prior opportunity to do so, are are any... this, this... this is called holding the ball and you get a free Americans kick. Don't
4: play
15: when the final siren sounds, the team with the most points they all wins. Cry. Come on. What an upset.
1: The final the scoreline can look confusing, but it's actually pretty life. simple.
15: How, Start
4: with the
2: really goals, Outside of like boxing. Add your really and that's
14: your MMA. total score.
15: Before we go, let's take a quick look at how the professional seasons work.
14: In the women's competition, the top teams play off in a knockout final series, culminating in a game. grand final played at the highest ranking team's home ground.
15: In the men's league, teams fight it out for 22 home and away games. And after that, the top eight teams make the finals. So we just one went get french
2: fries and chips. So if you want to that's for the most physical game that I have ever seen in my life. Well, they were saying at a good footy, you got to have your chips at a good footy. You can't take away people's chips from a game like that. Are you kidding me? Air fried. Air fried? really those type of people are not going to settle for
4: air fried fries so it is different than rugby it is it is like rugby, but it's different it's a weird game you'd have to spend half your life learning those rules how it's played it feels like it's ruleless. no there's so many rules you gotta get you gotta kick it through here you gotta punch the ball here you gotta kick it here you it's gotta be you gotta bounce it every 15 meters how do you count 15 meters basketball though no you have to basketball you have to bounce every step Boom! Every time you go, you have to bounce it. You can't. It's can't. That's called d- double stepping. I'm just saying. No, it's like, not. It's called dribbling.
2: Whatever.
4: Is that right? Dribbling is just bouncing the ball. What's the, what's double it? dribble. D- yeah. Yeah. A double dribble is when you bounce the I ball know, before something. taking a step. All right. So I'm just
13: saying.
2: This is Satan. It's Trying to take away the, take away the chips, mm-hmm. and that was a fascinating rabbit rabbit trail of Australian footy. Which I had literally no idea that that game existed. I have never seen that in my life, and I feel more cultured now. How many of you knew that game existed? I, I'm be I, rugby existed, I that's actually, not rugby. out of out of football, baseball, and and I love baseball, football, baseball, soccer, any game that I've ever watched, that does look like the most exciting game you would ever. And I would just say, "Ouch!"
4: the whole time, like I couldn't, like. Like, if I trip and fall, I'm like, like you fell down neck, the steps. And, and my
2: shoulder's still, yeah, th- a those, wonky. Those went,
4: pff, right, yeah, not awesome. All right, I want to go to uh, Victor Orban. European Union has abandoned Christian heritage for LGBT hedonistic paganism. I thought that might be a great title, but I wasn't sure how much Facebook would appreciate that one. Um Yeah, so Hungarian Prime Minister Victor Orban accused the European Union of abandoning Christian heritage in favor of hedonistic paganism of LGBTQ2+ campaign uh, against pro-family nations. Speaking before the thirty-two, the 32nd Balvenos Summer Free University and student camp festival of ideas in Romania's Malay Trusnad on Saturday, the Hungarian leader struck out against the European Union for giving up on its democratic ideals, engaging in population replacement, and trying to impose leftist ideology surrounding gender upon Christian nations. Mr. Orban, the longest-serving national leader in the European Union... I'm going to have a clip on that. It's kind of cool. ...said that the continent is suffering from an identity crisis, arguing that the liberal ideals of the Enlightenment are showing their weakness. The Hungarian Prime Minister said that two centuries ago, leftist intellectuals believed that rejecting faith and destroying Christianity would usher in a utopian society based upon rationality. Yet he argued that this was just an illusion, and that by having rejected Christianity, we have, in fact become hedonistic pagans. For Orban, this is most clearly demonstrated in his ongoing battle with Brussels over progressive ideas surrounding gender. The Hungarian government enraged the liberal sensibilities of many in Western European capitals for introducing a law in 2021 to prevent the spread of the LGBTQ plus content material for children. In response, the bloc began to withhold coronavirus relief money being sent to Hungary. The prime minister said on Saturday that the European Union is waging an LGBTQ campaign against pro-family european nations saying that the political class in brussels is not accountable to anyone is not christian and does not hold convictions therefore he said we have no choice we love europe in vain it is ours in vain we must keep fighting we have here the lgbtq it's really hard to say all that by the way gender campaign which we have since learnt can only be fought off on a communal on a child protection basis Orban has also come at odds with the unelected European commission over demands to accept migrant redistribution quotas, which Hungary has urged are unfair as opposed to as they um, uh, as argued, as he has argued that they are unfair as they oppose the move by former German chancellor, Angela Merkel to unilaterally open the borders. I have a video that mom sent me. um, AKA Patriot gallery how Hungary has evolved from its communist past. So when they said that Viktor Orban was the longest serving leader in the European Union, I believe they're referring to the fact that he has been since his college days fighting against a communist and a leftist agenda. So uh, Rebel News has unearthed a, um, an old video here. It's pretty amazing.
7: In those days, to buy a car, you have to pay for the car in full when you ordered it and you had to wait, he said, seven or eight years for the car to be delivered. But, oh, I don't that. You want to turn it down? Car to be delivered. Since the Russian invasion in the communist dictatorship that has started 40 years ago, who demanded that the Russians get out of Hungary the taxi driver said, is now being accused of being pro-Russian. Ezra Levant here in Budapest, Hungary. I'm on a special project called thetruthabouthungary.com, a very interesting country, a small country, 10 million people, But a lot of things are happening here that I think we can learn from in Canada, United States, UK, and the West. Anyways, I want to tell you a little anecdote. I I don't put too much stock in my conversations with taxi drivers because they're anecdotal. But sometimes a taxi driver has a story they want to share. Today, my videographer Lincoln and I were riding in a cab. We were just talking amongst ourselves and the taxi driver overheard us. And I guess he could understand English. He asked us who we were and we told him we were journalists. I guess we were talking about you know politics or whatnot and he just felt he had to tell us some stories about what Hungary was like before the Berlin Wall fell down and this was unprompted we didn't tell him our point of view or anything we were just talking amongst ourselves about the things we were going to say the first thing this cabby told us was that in those days to buy a car you had to pay for the car in full when you ordered it and you had to wait he said seven or eight years for the car to be delivered and you would look in the newspaper every day and you would see what number they're serving like you know sometimes you take a ticket at a deli or something and wait for your number to be called except for this ticket took six seven eight years and he said when the car finally arrived maybe it was what you ordered maybe it wasn't it was always a crappy Eastern European car like a Lada or a Skoda and if it came and it wasn't your color or your model You could either take it or wait another three months he said it was sort of a pitiful story about scarcity behind the iron curtain he said something that was wry he said it was the only country in the world where a used car was worth more than a new one because if it was used you had it as opposed to someone buying something new they had to wait seven years for it was sort of a sad joke he also said what it was like where you had to have your papers not an id card but like a little booklet he said and Anywhere you went, you had to have your papers on you. Secret police or regular police could call you over at any time and demand to look at your papers. Papers, And one of the things he said was in your papers was where you worked. And you had to have a place to work or you would get in trouble with the police. He said often people were working at factories, just doing nothing, busy work, just so they could say they had a workplace. It was how they hid unemployment, of course. But a very strange story about people doing useless jobs just to make it look good from a socialist point of view. Anyways, he told us one last story as he dropped us off at the hotel. And by the way, Budapest is... It's the cosmopolitan capital, it's the biggest city in Hungary, and it's a little bit more liberal than the rural parts. And, of course, Viktor Orban is a nationalist conservative prime minister, so he's not as popular in Budapest as he is in other places. But this driver, this taxi driver, who said he was not for Orban, who had told us all the deprivations of the Soviet times, well, he, he said he thought the education was better under the Soviet era, which was an interesting thing to say, and who am I to dispute him? But that's one the one thing he said that was good about the past. But he said that Viktor Orban did something incredibly courageous. And he knew this, and I only learned this yesterday, that Orban, when the Soviet Red Army was still here in Hungary, when foreign tanks were occupying this country, before the Berlin Wall came down, before the uh, Soviet Union came crumbling, Viktor Orban, the student activist, gave a public speech demanding that the Red Army pull out. We that government. opens government.
4: talks about the immediate withdrawal of Russian troops from our country. That's
7: a big crowd. Yeah. And this taxi driver remembered that to this day, that he was sort of a Lech Walesa revolutionary, peaceful revolutionary figure, which obviously is part of his reputation to this day. And the taxi driver pointed out one final irony as we got out of the car. Viktor Orban, who demanded that the Russians get out of Hungary, the taxi driver said, is now being accused of being pro-Russian because he's for peace in Ukraine. It was an interesting way to end an interesting conversation with our taxi driver here in Budapest. Wow,
1: well,
4: he demanded he demanded Russia get out. Obviously, Russia. He was in college when Russia was occupying his country. Yeah, he does not have a love for Russia, and a, he was the, a true revolutionary, bringing the the power back to the people, and then recognizing that as Christians and as Christian nations, we should seek
2: peace. Amen. You know, and that always above above all. Yeah. Right. And what is peace? Peace is in, in inculcates everything. You can't have child, child pornography. That's not peace.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So uh, God is God is many things. And and one of those things that he is, is peace. And so that's awesome. Amazing clip. And I'm amazed that they even found it that fast. He said, we just had this conversation with our taxi driver today. Yeah. And then they had that clip up. That's that's stunning journalistic work. There.
4: Yeah, so um I thought that this was a uh, a funny story from Italy. So okay. remember last week that we covered the Netherlands had a transgender winner? Yeah. Well, Italy has said it's absurd. Miss Italy bans biological males from beauty pageant. So Miss Italy will be a woman. <laughs> Miss Italy beauty pageant. You don't have to bring that up, it's kind of scantily clad. Well, uh, how about we just show
2: their heads saying
4: that all entrants must be a woman from birth.
2: That's good. I like Mm. that description Here's the thing. What you're saying, you're not saying that you can't become a man. What you're saying is that in order to enter the contest, you have to have been a woman since birth.
4: So I actually, I came to a conclusion about something you guys can tell me what you think. I kept wondering why. It seemed to be white males, particularly Americans, or white English-speaking people, or just even white males, period, who are turning themselves into these transgender people with kind of nose jobs and hair and, like, the perfect model. They're trying to be this perfect model face, like, Bruce Jenner into Caitlyn Jenner, and there's a certain look. And I thought about bringing up some pictures so you guys could get this visual. And maybe have seen it. Got enough. it. So uh, when it comes to Dylan Mulvaney, even some in, in the conservative movement are like, "Well, he's prettier than me." Well, no, he's not. He has all this makeup on. He's done major plastic surgery. He had his nose done. He had cheeks done. He, to make himself look like. Here's the thing, they're not trying to look like a woman. What has happened in our society is that there is an ideal of beauty, okay? And it is usually white. And it's, they're all over TikTok and Instagram. So we just read on the Friday show, a girl who is a mid-level Instagram influencer. Oh, yeah. Who spends about, who spent like $67,000 a year in, at 22 years old with Botox and liposuction and breast implants and exercising and uh all kinds of facial things exercising
2: should be free but go ahead okay
4: Uh, all kinds of facial things that she does to make herself look and she goes and still even then they put on these filters and they make themselves look a certain way so i i don't care what miss america or miss universe pageants do i find them repulsive um i feel like they are they um set up an ideal and what has happened is When girls are not born with certain endowments who these endowments are often, many women are just born really incredibly beautiful and they're treated uh, a different way. And unfortunately, there's some that are treated poorly, some are treated well, and there's this ideal. And I think this is where the feminists um, have lured people in. You know, there's always an issue like Andrew Tate is luring men in because of the decline in masculinity, okay? Feminism lured women in, specifically ones that might be called homely. Yeah. Specifically ones who, they're not getting anywhere, they're not entering any beauty pageants. And the reason you have beauty pageants is because these, you know, natural beauties are usually quite rare. And so they would have these beauty pageants to pick the beauty. And over the years, in order to be the most beautiful, then enhancements have been made: right. hair extensions, teeth, teeth things down to your teeth, breast augmentations, all these different things. Live section, all anorexia, all these things to make yourself to be the best at something. No one should ever try to be the best
2: looking. You know what I love about watching the um, GB news or the sky news Uh, is they're literally like us. They're just real people. I do like that. They're not getting all kinds of work done. You can see their wrinkles. They're not the thinnest. Their hair may not be like super perfect. Even their makeup's not like perfect. Perfect. Yeah. They don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I actually really appreciate that about them. And I
4: like, I do like that they have diversity in color. Right. There's different. There's no different races. one wants
2: to to exactly, and they don't when they have black people up. And I'm not saying anything against light-skinned black people, but it's becoming a really racist thing where if they if if a lot of places are going to hire uh, black people, they're light-skinned black people, and so and they have dark-skinned black people. It's mm-hmm. like oh, finally and, beauty of all colors. And what's
4: amazing is that they are very articulate, and they pick them on their merits, and they're well they're well spoken. And honestly, the media is racist because yes. they don't put up dark skinned well-spoken um, pundits. And quite frankly, on Fox News, there's a few that are, are very good pundits. But a lot of like the one girl always on the morning show that just sits there like she doesn't say anything. She doesn't. I never think to her. I don't even know her name. She just sits there, and every once in a while, reads a story.
2: There, and regardless of color, a lot of times they don't pick the most articulate at all. They don't pick the most witty. They don't pick the most sharp white people. Yeah. They pick the most beautiful white people. Mm-hmm. They. It's like, could you get some articulate white people? Could we? Can we get articulate people at all? And I yeah. get it. Lee and I aren't the most articulate either. But we weren't hired. <laughs> Okay, well no, even charismatic, they don't have anything to say.
4: They're like They're literally they're like, like watching bot. paint dry. Yeah, at least on GB News, if I turn on GB News, they're enthusiastic. I'm gonna see, they're going to see all different ages, right? They have all some really sizes. young people
2: on, some really old people. They have
4: really old people. Uh, you don't say that Fox News is just like one kind of person, one kind of gal, one kind of size, one kind of one, uh, and that's the same uh, that's the same And you will notice American though.
2: News. That Fox News starts to phase out the women as they get older. Oh, yeah. They phase- like, hey, whatever happened to that girl that was doing the um, Little House on the Prairie, the Little House on the Prairie girl? Yeah. She's not there anymore. She got yeah. a little old. I think she left because of sexual harassment, but whatever. My point is, is that
4: I think that there is something to the tr- these, these trans men who are trying to be and getting excitement from wanting just to be that... That one Instagrammy thing, which happens to be a certain look, a certain nose, a certain face, and it happens to be female,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and you can construct that. Whereas to be an Instagrammy male is not as popular, and you, you know what and else, you it have is, though. to do something incredibly different. And so when I'm looking at, so my my finished my thought. I was thinking about it when I look at these detransitioners or these trend for the the girls to to boys. It's usually girls from upper-middle-class homes in America and the UK. I don't really see them around the world in other places. Um, and I really feel that this is, they, the, the, the trans men, trans boys, are the balance to the trans men. These girls are, feel so bad that they could never be this, that they try to go this way. And these boys feel so bad is where they're at. They want to be something. Everybody wants to be something super special that they're going to go and try to plastic it. Whereas these girls, they don't want their eyes on them. They don't want to be sexualized. Right. They don't want to be in a limelight. They don't want to be touched. Many of them have been molested. They are like, I hate the idea of this. I don't want to be that. I'll never be that. I feel like I'm, I am. Um, it's They either don't want to be sexualized. They've been molested or something. Or they're like, I'll never be that so Why even try? let me be special another way and let me go this this way and i feel like it's literally all because of this one beauty it's not even a beauty standard what would you call it it's a it's an ideal standard it's the kim kardashian
2: yeah thing and again with classism it often costs money yeah right and so only the rich can do it yes you know what i mean
4: absolutely absolutely and and here's the thing so i and I don't know if this is a side thing or not, but I think it puts it into perspective. And I think it de- it helps to take the sting out of what we're seeing in the LGBTQ craziness, right? It helps us understand it. So on Instagram, certain people, there's like 15 or 20 top posters that for every post they put up, they get between $1 and $2 million just for a post. So they can post, and, and every, most of them are Kim Kardashian, Khloe, all the Kardashians. All those girls, uh, a, a Selena Gomez. Um,
2: how do they a get J, their money again? Like outside of like uh, Instagram's not paying them. The advertising. But how? But so I think it's. I don't ever if they make see a, an. Sp- if they, what you mean is not for every post they do. Any if they have a post. sponsored post, Any then they get paid. Post, if they
4: drop an ad, if they drop a hey, um, you know, I like this couch. Or, sure, exactly. And you don't even know. They're very subtle, right? You know and. And all of those are a certain kind of look a female that's very put on, that's very... I want to add, add something bought. else to this
2: conversation, though. Because this is not something that is talked about, and I don't know why. But it really just kind of hit me when we talk about the reasoning behind men wanting to dress up as a fake Barbie doll. Yeah. Or flamboyant, you know, whatever. There's a lot to... The psyche behind this, and there's two things that aren't being talked about. Number one, if you are, let's say, more on the innocent side of wanting to transition, I think a lot of men, and I hate to even use that word, males, have caught on to the fact that females are treated differently in society. Oh, As yeah. a whole, we yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you wanna talk about male white privilege. Yeah. That's always. I've always found that very ironic because maybe in the workplace, in specific jobs, then that would be that's true. Mm -hmm. But by and large, as society, Mm -hmm. women are treated better. Mm -hmm. People will approach them. They will talk to them. Mm -hmm. They will. You you just get treated better as a female. Yeah, hands down, bar none. You do. I Mm I I have female privilege. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I I experience that. So I think that there are some males. That see that and they just want that. They want to be treated nice. Mm-hmm. They maybe something happened to them as a child and they were abused and they were never treated tenderly. And they they seek that out. They see that women are treated better. The other half of that, I would now we're getting into because there's many different types of males that choose to become or like this and dress as a female. I think that then we have the predator. The predator understands that females are welcomed. That They're your guard falls. Safe. When a female enters into the room, when you're interacting with a female, whereas when a male enters the room, a lot of times your guard goes up, you yeah. know, guilty until proven innocent. And so <laughs> these men, especially the disgusting okay, ones. Are, I was trying to be, we're on Facebook, so I was trying to be like kind of classy You went really it, far. Let me have my speech. <laughs> especially... I think the the ones y'all know what I'm talking about, like the lipstick guy that we did mm-hmm. um, on Real America's Voice. He's got that giant beard. In real life, you would see that guy, and you it is okay. You're you're a dude. I'm not going to drop my guard with you and let you in. And and you see this again, even with the '90s when we were just talking about homosexuality. All the girls had their gay friend, and they love to take their gay friend shopping, and he just listens because he's trying to be feminine. Okay. So what I'm saying is that the two things that are not talked about are those in the conversation of why do men want to dress up and become like women?
4: Yeah. Okay. So in the midst of this, Britain faces a trilemma and needs to raise its fertility rate. So Britain needs to raise its fertility rate or face a stark choice between economic decline or rising levels of immigrant labor, says one of the country's most prominent population experts. Demographer and author Paul uh, Paul Moreland said if British people do not start having more children, the country face a demographic nightmare like Japan which has seen a shrinking aging population which threatens its economic future. In 2020, Britain's total fertility rate, the number of children born, born per, women was, uh, per, England, per woman was 1.5. In England, Yeah. In England and Wales and 1.2 in Scotland. That compared to 2.9 so basically 3 in the UK at the end of the Second World War. A country's population will start to decrease if its total fertility rate is below 2.1, and Mr. Moreland pointed out that in South Korea, their fertility rate was 0.9, and in Japan, although it was slightly higher at 1.2, it had been lower for longer and was starting to damage their economic performance. In his latest book, Tomorrow's People, The Future of Humanity in 10 Numbers, he described it as a trilemma. So the trilemma is, you can have two out of three things, but not all three. You can have a growing economy, which requires some sort of growing workforce. You can have a low fertility rate. And you can have ethnic homogeneity and, uh, homogeneity and con- continuity, but you can't have all three of those. He said in Japan, people have chosen not to have large families, but have also, had also rejected large-scale immigration. And their economy is no longer the rising sun than it was in the 70s and 80s. Mr. Moreland said, you can go the British route, saying we don't want very large families, we're not really prepared to replace ourselves, but we don't want uh, labor, but we do want labor and we want economic growth, and that requires very fast immigration and very rapid ethnic changes that you've seen in the U.K., he said if in Britain people don't want immigration and want to bring it down, I think they have to understand the consequences. And the consequences are we are already short of labor in almost every sector, despite the fact that we have a pretty sluggish growth and we have a million people coming in gross per year. If we are going to say that we want slower growth in the immigrant population and a more stable ethnic situation in the country and the population which defines itself as white British remaining as a majority, then we have to either change our fertility practices and patterns, or we have to accept that the economy will shrink. We will be short
2: of labor. So what are we looking at with this graph? I mean, this is really sad. We're looking at total fertility rates for countries, starting at the top with the red line is the UK. Well, look at Korea. The purple line is Japan. Uh, Korea would be the black line. Korea is really having a lot of kids. And just goes straight down. Germany and Indonesia are the yellowing, yellow colors. Indonesia is up, up there at the top. Yeah, it was up there So with we have Thor. this declining fertility rates. I mean, this is, this is, I, I get it. I'm telling you, I think it's, I think it's food. I think it's jabs. I think it, um, it's lifestyle changes. But you know what I was also considering while you were talking?
4: I was thinking it
2: was just honestly marriage
4: and families and not being able to have or afford a lot of people don't think that they can afford large families. If you're moving off out of the out of the country into the city, then a child becomes a burden rather than a benefit. Yeah. And so you're just right there in the 1950s and 60s, and then birth control comes out in the 70s, and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to limit. I'm just not going to have any kids, or I'm going to have one or two because I can't really afford them. Yeah. And then here's the problem with like social security is that. You have to have more people being born to um, kind of offset that.
2: So Patriot Gallery says you fix the problem by having men independent, farming, milking cows, drinking cow's milk, chopping firewood, shoveling coal, lifting—I don't really believe in coal, but I get it. Uh, Lifting water out of wells, plowing fields, caring for animals. That's how you get the manliness back in the men. But what I was thinking, Leah, is you crochet, Mm -hmm. right? And when you are crocheting, maybe people don't know this. It's a bunch of chains of— you make these loops, right? Loop after loop after loop. If you want as like we make these dish scrubbers and they start out as a, as a as a tiny little circle, right? And then you have to increase your stitches mm-hmm. in order for the circle to get the same. Now once you get to the far out outer one, you need to do kind of the same amount to get you a little bit so you don't increase your stitches. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, you start decreasing your stitches. Mm-hmm. You can't make more you can't increase. Mm -hmm. If you do not add stitches, you can't maintain if you don't hold this for every stitch, do an equal stitch. Mm -hmm. So what we have with families, this is very basic math, is you have two stitches, a mother and a father. And if those two stitches only create one child, you've now decreased. Mm. If they create two children, they've at least maintained the same. If they have three or more children, then they are increasing. And so, when you see societies where almost all families are decreasing, you will cease to exist. Yeah. So not just as a not just as specific countries, but as a people as a whole. Forget bringing in migrants. Yeah,
4: and that's kind of where we're at. And I I hate it to make anything about um sort of race, but you know it's very interesting because Japan keeps all immigrants out. No, no immigrants. They don't want Americans in. They don't want French people in. They don't want Indonesian people in. They just want to stay. Well, how come they're not called out about it? That's a really good question. Alright, I'd like to head over to Neil Oliver's monologue for the week. And um, I've got a couple of them. So, I've got a, I've got his monologue, and then I have one on... Um, I think this is the one on the science. Let's see if this is the same one. Go ahead and play it.
16: When the only tool you have is a hammer, you tend to treat everything like it's a nail. For at least three years now, if not in fact for a whole lot longer, governments here and elsewhere across the West have kept the hammer always in hand. During the Covid debacle, they called the hammer the science, but it was a hammer by any other name. Calling a hammer the science doesn't make it so, you can put a crown on a dog and call him prince, but that doesn't make him a member of the royal family. (laughs) Science is supposed to be a conversation without end, an ongoing process of asking questions, whereby someone observes some part of the way the world seems to work, comes up with a potential explanation for what appears to be happening, and then designs experiments to see if that explanation might be proved wrong. A scientist actively encourages his fellows to come up with experiments of their own, the better to challenge his idea. For as long as the explanation holds up in the face of the experiment, it gets to stick around. But the point of the scientific method is that every explanation must always be subject to challenge, by anyone. In that respect, science turns out to be a bit like the weather, which is to say, changeable. As soon as someone puts the word the in front of the word science. You know they've decided the conversation is closed because they have no more to offer the debate. When a conversation is declared closed, then that process of scientific exploration is dead, as though it had been beaten to death with another hammer. Lockdown and masks were set in place using a hammer. For months on end we were told the science said we had to lock down the world and everyone in it. The brakes were applied and the world, our part of it at least, was brought to a shuddering halt Before, during and after the breaks were applied, there were many people, people naively thinking science was still a conversation, who said locking down would save no lives and would, in fact, cause nothing but harm. More voices were raised to question masks. People trained in the scientific method who said covering faces with paper and plastic masks would save no one from a respiratory illness like COVID. As well as being useless in stopping the spread of the illness, they would have negative consequences for millions, especially the young Rather than engage those people in conversation, those wielding the hammer merely saw in front of them yet more nails and used the hammer to flatten them. And here we are now dealing, or rather not dealing, with all those disastrous consequences for economies, livelihoods, mental and physical well-being, the whole kit and caboodle. The difference between science and this science is the difference between a living plant with roots and a cut flower in a vase. One is alive with more to give, the other quite dead. More troublesome voices were heard asking questions about exactly what was going on in Ukraine. And out came the hammer again. Anyone asking about the geopolitics, US involvement, Biden family involvement, the politics of the Azov battalion, all silenced. We were told it was about saving democracy. They might as well have called it the democracy. (laughs) Democracy is a living thing as well, wherein each political ideology is only a theory, each government only an experiment to test the theory. And always, there should be the opportunity to challenge the theory and, when necessary, replace it with one altogether different. Whatever the hell is happening in Ukraine, it's not about saving democracy. As much as anything else, it's about making money, hundreds of billions of dollars and pounds. To be more precise, that war is about seeing how quickly the people's money, in fact, the money yet to be earned by the people and then taxed by our governments, can be turned into the wealth of arms manufacturers and those who aid and abet them. Democracy, another fragile flower, has been flattened in the process. In Ukraine, any voices asking questions, speaking up in opposition to the government, are hammered flat. In the name of that so-called democracy, a generation of Ukrainians has been harvested. Hammers and nails, that's all we are now. The hammer-wielders have seized for themselves all the power, and yet some of the nails just won't lie flat. Mm. Right now the hammers are out again, this time the powers that be aided and abetted by more of the science, are busy using the summer as an anvil for reasons that make sense only when you're in the business of frightening the living daylights out of populations. The palette for colouring the weather maps has been changed from the familiar life-affirming greens and blues to the angriest of oranges, reds, purples and black. Glimpsed out of the corner of an eye, the most recent maps of the Mediterranean look like pizzas left too long in the oven, all blistered and burnt. I say it's ludicrous. Among the most blatant and inexcusable fear-mongering deployed so far, people battered and bruised, not to mention plain old dead, on account of lockdown, followed by land war in Europe, backed up at all times by the threat of global nuclear war, are now being hammered flat by elaborately orchestrated fear of summer. Dotted throughout the incinerated hellscapes are the numbers predicting daily temperatures. I think they're missing a trick by not finessing the maps, by having those numbers held up by little red devils, complete with blackened hooves, horns and white hot flaming pitchforks.
2: Oh, that was really good. You said you got another one? Um, actually,
4: there was, I think it's... That was one, but then he he had another... ...full one. So, go ahead and bring us back to the main... um, ...page here, because... I think t- I want to talk about um, Oppenheimer before we yeah, sure. kind of get off, and we might uh, say goodbye to Facebook in a minute to sum up our show. And I want to talk about Doctor, I want to talk about Arthur Pavlovsky, and just um, I don't know. I I love I think that we, we can we've do got Oppenheimer a- on Facebook. No Oppenheimer, right? No, um, there's not much that I-, I just actually just really enjoy. No offense, when I we get off of Facebook. I really have a hard time, and I'll just be honest with you guys. Uh, you guys, there's so many people. You in the, in the Facebook uh, videos are, are reaching a wide amount of people, but I hate it. I hate doing the show to where I feel like I can't say what I need to say and what I want to say. Feels like
2: like trying to run in a straight jacket.
4: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it is. It's like um, it's 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 just hard. So I just want to be able to say whatever I can say, whatever it is. I don't know what I'm going to say. Just want to be able to say it. But I think I can say it when it comes to Oppenheimer. So I don't know if you want to play the trailer. I, I, it's in my history for this movie. And you guys can tell me what you think about uh, the you know, movie the coming out. Not but that's not, that's not what I want you to play. You have to go to the history and to find oh, the... Okay. Um, I want to play this trailer. Now, I don't recommend anybody to see it. Um, from what I understand, there's like full like nudie scenes in oh, this movie. Uh, I guess he was kind of a kind of a crazed guy. Um, it's not in my
2: history. We mm-hmm. did. You just watched a lot since then. You're making me hungry. Why would you pull up chips, fish and chips?
4: That's the Lefty Lunacy one.
2: Well, but I don't like to see that because now I'm hungry. Here's the trailer. I like now. I want fish and chips. From now, on. It's ugh, cruelty. <laughs> you all didn't have to see it. I did. It's evil.
4: Can you play the trailer on Facebook? I guess
15: you oh, probably. Yeah.
1: This is a national emergency.
15: Didn't need a charge. For the podcast
2: For the listeners later, you're not missing
3: much. And I know what it means
1: if the Nazis have a bomb. 12-month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. Secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. Let's go recruit some scientists. Build a town, build it fast we don't let scientists bring their families, we'll never get the best.
3: Why would we go to the middle of nowhere for who knows how long?
16: Why? Why? How about because this is the most important thing to
6: ever
7: happen in the history of the world? You're the great improviser, but this you can't do in your head.
1: Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, we destroy the world? Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want from theory alone? Zero would be nice. This is a matter of life and death. But I can perform this miracle.
15: World War II would be over. Our boys would come home.
9: It's happening,
1: isn't it? The world will remember this day. Our work here will ensure a peace mankind has never seen.
6: Until somebody builds a bigger one.
5: the men who gave them the power to destroy themselves and the world is not prepared
1: Eight. 7 6 5 4 3 Truman needs to know what's next two, what's next 1
4: so go ahead and play the little clip i've got for you on um yeah same
1: few people laughed few people cried most people were silent i remembered the line from the hindu scripture the bhagavad-gita
2: so wow
4: so oppenheimer was born in new york city in 1904 uh to jewish immigrant parents he entered harvard at the age of 18 then he became a professor of theoretical physics at the university of california berkeley and the california institute of technology he's credited as one of the founding fathers of theoretical physics oppenheimer would marry katherine kitty oppenheimer who he met while teaching at berkeley in 1940 they'd have two kids together by the time of his recruitment by General Leslie Groves into the Manhattan Project the code name for the U.S. effort to obtain the first atomic bomb in the fall of 1942 Oppenheimer had already been studying a potential atomic bomb for some time on July 16 1945 a team assembled by Oppenheimer gathered in the desert to observe the Trinity test where the first atomic bomb was successfully detonated two months later Two of the newly constructed bombs were dropped on the Imperial Japanese cities of Hiroshima and uh, Nagasaki, bringing an end to World War II, the most destructive war in human history. Throughout his career, Oppenheimer's relationship with communism drew immense scrutiny and controversy. Concerns over his connections reached a head in 1953 with his security clearance uh, that was revoked over suspicions from the US government. His public trial drew attention and support from scientific figures around the world. Conservatives claimed that he was a communist and Soviet spy and had passed atomic secrets to the Soviets, leading them to obtain their own nuclear weapons shortly after the U.S. While Oppenheimer had given money to communist causes, he denied being a communist or a Soviet spy. Defenders of Oppenheimer, such as curator Hayden Peake, point to the fact that he had no rule, role in bringing uh, the two confirmed Soviet spies, Klaus Fuchs and Ted Hall, into the project. They also note that the Soviets should have been able to get the atomic bomb much sooner if. Oppenheimer were truly feeding them information however as historians John Earl Haynes and Harvey Klehr wrote in Verona decoding Soviet espionage in America Oppenheimer was confirmed to have deep ties with communist organizations before the start of the Manhattan Project, and his attempts to uh, obfuscate this truth drew skepticism on his broader denials. He was not simply a casual, popular-front liberal who ignorantly bumped up against the party in some of the areas, arenas in which he operated, they wrote. Throughout his life, Oppenheimer declined to provide a detailed or accurate accounting of his relationship with the Communist Party in the USA, Albanheyer's personal connections with communists were well known. His wife was an official member of the Communist Party, formerly working as a writer for a communist paper. Her first husband was killed while serving as a communist political commissioner for the Republicans during the Spanish Civil War. Uh, she had another lover who was a communist as well. He um, did. What? He did. He had a lover. another lover. Uh, she did. No. His other oh, lover. yeah. His other lover, <laughs> Jean, was a communist as well. That's the first one we talked about. Uh, his record was officially cleared prior to his death, with Presidents John F. Kennedy and Lyndon Johnson publicly honoring him. Oppenheimer famously became highly critical of the weapon he designed in later years, taking a pacifist approach to the nuclear arms race. Oppenheimer died of throat cancer. Surprise! In
2: 1967. When you're going to mess around with this kind of stuff, your body does not take it lightly.
4: Yeah, so um, this movie is coming out, it's out this weekend. And I'm not exactly sure. Go
2: see Sound of Freedom.
4: Yeah, go see Sound of Freedom. If there, I think that there's definitely a... Um, kind of a... A reason that this movie is out. And I don't think it's strange that the Ukraine war and Russia are talking about this. We saw another movie about... And, and something interesting about Oppenheimer's life. The reason I, w- I hope to never see this movie... Um, is there are graphic sex scenes in this movie and people have said that he was very sex sexuality was a big part of his life and he was at berkeley he was a ladies man and 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 slept around they wanted to portray that in the movie uh as as a great part of his life so here we have an atheist guy who is sexually kind of really probably perverted and deviant uh, who's a communist. You know, it's very interesting is I did see a movie and I, d- I did, not there was no reason for nudity in that one either. And that was the Mary C- Curry movie that I, we thought was going to be like this educational, like learn thing. Um, and she comes up with, um, she uranium. and her husband come up with uranium. And it kills them, and there's a weird sex scene in there, and and she was always joking about how she left her Catholic faith, and she's an atheist, and very dark, and they start to commune with um, the dark side, and I think that there's always this weird, and I I haven't done the deep dive that I that I probably will, and unfortunately because of Google and the way that it's it it's it's Blended. done now, and even um, I use Josh who. Uh, has a really cool web browser and DuckDuckGo has a web browser. It used to be like InfoWars or other people, uh, their sites would come up to show us like the Aleister Crowley links and the satanic links. And I am going to almost guarantee you, even though I have not found it, that there is some cultic link between Oppenheimer and like Satanism or something. Oh, I'm sure. Because... There always is when it comes to weapons of mass destruction like this. Like this is this is this is satanic. Um, we know that Jack Parsons was part of the Scient- Scientology. He w- he worked for NASA, and he says that d- when, when he was doing these Aleister Crowley him to pan type satanic rituals, and Aleister Crowley was a avowed confessed Satanist. Satanist who said he wanted to be the beast. And he wanted to be Satan's right hand man. You can watch a whole episode on
2: that on, on our Revelation, Revelation Red Pill, Pill. right?
4: And um, so you have these these people, these very. I'm not going to say they're horrible, wicked people on their own. I'm saying that they are channeling horrible, wicked powers that that would see that would seek to destroy, and ultimately it kind of ate him up. But the rest of the world and. Sees it as a necessary evil. And you and I went to public. I went to public school. And you probably went to public school. And I think even most Christian. I don't know of any curriculum. That doesn't look at the atomic bomb and say. It was horrible. Some people died. But necessary. But we had to end World War II. And it ended. The World War II. That's what you hear. That's. That's all. That's. that, That is the only narrative. That's the only thing you're allowed to say. That's the only thing that. To me, when I'm looking at this situation and the idolizing and and I, guys, I haven't seen the movie and maybe it portrays it as maybe we should have never created a nuclear bomb. Then I would highly agree with that. Okay. But this guy Oppenheimer, he, even after, I think I was reading this in a Zero Hedge article, he had misgivings about the bomb, but even after that, he knew what it would do. And he gave the United States the coordinates on where to drop it, the altitude to drop it by to create the greatest um, casualties. Yeah. Okay. So you don't get to go afterwards. I'm a horrible person. No, you created this weapon, and you don't you don't get to do it afterwards.
2: Like you. Well, here's the thing. Everyone knows that when you're fighting war, it should be soldier against soldier. But if you're going to go and kill innocent people, mm-hmm. you have become the monster. Now, what I find really interesting, and I'm going to get to Patriot Gallery's comment here in a second. In that quote from Oppenheimer that we just played, the, the kind of creepy one, I, and, he, and he's talking about this Hindu god, Vishta or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, he's, and, and the god says, I have become death. Destroyer of worlds. Yeah, and we've been talking about this kind of resurgent of this, this these Hindu gods. They're not mm-hmm. gods. They're they're just demons. Okay. Mm-hmm. He said we all thought that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We all thought that. And so mm-hmm. if he's saying that everybody that was responsible for dropping this bomb in mm-hmm. Hiroshima thinks that, what does that tell you? It tells you that a demon has now spoken to them. That they that they were communing. And mm-hmm. being influenced by demonic powers. Mm-hmm. Patriot Gallery says, CERN's diva is called the destroyer. Um, she says, make people fear nuclear war to control them. Of course. He is a deviant. He is a mass murderer. CERN's 666 lo- logo is, oh, Shiva. That's what she meant. CERN's Shiva. Um, the statue is Shiva the destroyer. So we do not need to be afraid of nuclear war. Uh-huh. Why? Because God, I do not believe God is going to allow it to come to that. Like, And I, when I say that, I'm not saying no one will launch a nu- nuclear bomb. But I mean nuclear uh-huh. war where, okay, you launch yours, we launch ours. Everything is obliterated. Uh-huh. Uh, that is not going to happen. I that God is not going to allow that to happen. So why would this movie be coming out right now? Right. To make you fear. Because they can control you through fear, which is what Patriot Gallery says. So Mark Pierce says, I read... Um, A while back, not to use DuckDuckGo as they have gone liberal. The conservative one is Brave. I like it better. Um, He was original co-founder of Mozilla Firefox, but left there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, Brave is actually, I've seen a lot of people using the Brave browser as well. So,
4: um, in kind of doing a little research, I guess, in these particular sexually deviant scenes, um, he has this wife. And he has Capitalism an affair a- on her. And they, I don't know, depict it or whatever in the movie. Um, and Vanity Fair has this article praising uh, Oppenheimer's wife. Jean was Robert's truest love. <laughs> he loved her the most, he was devoted to her. And I wonder, you know, I, I always think about that, like with, with the um, radical Muslims. I, I picked that one. That one, you're my favorite wife. Um, but I thought that this line was, was interesting about her. She uh, called organized religion a claptrap and uh, was a devoted communist. She says, I just wouldn't want to go on living if I didn't believe that in Russia, everything is better. I wouldn't want to go on living if I didn't believe that in Russia. Communist Russia. Communist Russia, everything over there is better. And you see this hatred and this disdain for God and disdain for religion and disdain for Christianity. And he's his first girlfriend, whatever, um, is, uh, one of them is a communist. And then his wife is a communist. And then they're having these conversations and the, the godlessness in their home. And I just, you know, what's interesting is that I wonder if part of the reason that he created the nuclear bomb, see communist Russia was creating devastation during world war two. And remember, um, Russia was fighting with the allies against, right. so they could they could they could they could say, hey, I'm fighting for Russia with this with this um, bomb, right? With blowing people up, I'm fighting for Russia. Russia's destroyed. Russia's just has a wake of death, and and they're and it's just it, I don't know. There's a lot here. I think that I don't think people have unpacked and done a truth or expose on this guy who created the atomic bomb. And I hope that that comes out after this. And, and, and I, again. Because I see the Christian, even the conservatives are like kind of praising him still. Like, it's a really great movie and it's like history and, and you should watch it. And, and, and it's just very strange. Like,
2: let's, I don't think that anything is a coincidence. Like, I just don't believe in them. mm -hmm. We're looking at the sound of freedom. Yeah. And to see that we've, the sound of freedom depicts darkness. Mm Mm-hmm. That is being overcome by light. Yeah. Oppenheimer depicts darkness in on top of darkness. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are going to be able to sense the difference. This path literally, quite literally leads to death. And this path overcoming the darkness leads to light and life. Where should our focus be? When, you know, Neil Oliver's commentary there was, or monologue was so fitting for today, this whole trust the science, we're talking about Oppenheimer. Science as the way that we understand it, this constant striving for something more, this tower of Babel of seeking the deeper way that we can manipulate what God created Mm -hmm. always leads to death. Mm-hmm. Modern science does. And so at some point the Christians have to go back to what is real science? What did God create science for? Mm-hmm. God's science, which is an, is an actual thing. It's called life when Jesus spoke, boom, science became. Mm-hmm. it existed. You and I live because God spoke and the world calls it science. So we need to take back the narrative, and science is communing with God, nature, Mm -hmm. in the way that God created us to live in it, not to overpower it, not to manipulate it, not to take it over, but to take dominion over it and utilize it the way that God intended. I can guarantee you, God never intended for the chemicals that we talked about in our uh, breaking news this week. Lee and I literally broke a national story, the first to break it, right here on Resistance Chicks. Um, and now the piddly shows like Mike Adams and Scott Kesterson are going to cover it. You guys can look forward to that. I'm joking. Oh, but the chemicals involved with East Palestine or the nuclear bomb, all of that is is not God. God mm. did not design us to be functioning with those chemicals, with these bombs, mm-hmm. He God did not want that. Because I hear it all the time. God made us intelligent so that we would do these things. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, because one leads to a path of life and one leads to death and destruction. Mm. Carry on.
4: Yeah, so the one last thing, I think it was Jean was his first girlfriend. She was not mentally stable and then he married his other girl. And uh, Jean actually struggled with same-sex attraction and supposedly commits suicide. Uh, maybe she was killed. Um, at the end of her life and her phones were wiretapped because of her un-American, un-American um, dealings. I just feel like this is another tragic story in America and please do not I think in the Zero Hedge article it talks about American ingenuity mm. and heroism and I feel like this is anything but heroes are made through the power and the love of God. Yeah, They are not made through hedonistic um, sex-crazed, um, occult-leaning, um, kind of, you know, non-Christian, yeah, anti-God, anti-Christ people, and I just hope that people will wake up and recognize that this is not something that we needed to do yeah. in America, and... That that goes back to a, that goes down a very long rabbit trail of World War II, and who was responsible, and who funded it, and who was part of it, uh, which we don't have time to do now. And I actually, I think we are kind of getting to the end of our show. I was going to say goodbye to Facebook, but um...
2: so Mizzo says the Soviet Union has used nukes since the 50s to save humanity from natural disasters. Have you ever watched them build Camp uh, Century under the ice? It's not really a nuclear reactor, just nuclear powered since 1954. Uh, Genesis 1, 3, let there be light and there was light. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Britt Boswell says, Michelle, human Armageddon was foreseen in Hollywood in the 90s with the film The Terminator. Um, Mizzo says, the devil worshippers are very well pleased with people saying, I'm an, I'm an atheist. Uh, Stuart the Brit says, my oldest brother is a scientist. He's embarrassed now, doesn't talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mark Pierce points this out. This is very interesting, Leah. Strangely, I saw Matt Gates' wife on Thursday on The War Room talk about how horrible the movie Barbie is. It's full woke, attack on males, yada, yada, yada. But instead of telling people to go see The Sound of Freedom, she told them to go see this. I know. I know.
4: I know. Um, so if you have any announcements, I think we will we'll sign off and we'll save our last story for Just Rumble for the Church of England teaching CRT and the Pyramid of White Supremacy with Calvin Robinson. But first, before you leave, I just got this email that for nine... More hours on uh, at the uh, at the Health Ranger store or the brighton
2: store. You can get it at the brighton store. Yeah, you can get an extra twenty dollars off. Oh of their wow! Ranger buckets. That's awesome. So go to the Brighteonstore mm-hmm. Use promo code CHICS Chicks at Brighton store, um, and then you can also get an additional twenty dollars off of the Ranger buckets. Now you already save five percent with the with the, with, promo, with the promo code Chicks. Chicks, and then you can save an additional twenty dollars off the. So buckets. announcements. I already made my my one. The interview that we did with Karen Johnson and Elizabeth Retray about the East Palestine update is literally probably the first story that Lee and I have ever broken national story ever probably. Um, meaning no one else is talking about it, but it's a huge story that's currently happening right now. So I want you guys to go and watch that, that show and share it with everyone that you can share it with all the broadcasters that, you know, we need to get these women on other people's programs because what is happening is going to blow your mind. We talk about Oppenheimer happened, uh, the nuclear bomb happened, and there was not resistance chicks and the conservative media to say, Hey, stop. Right now, what you're doing is wrong, bad. But we have things like that that are going on and we can, we can do something to stop it, right? Yeah. The poisoning of waters. Um, so I was talking to Scott Kesterson this week about my pillow. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, they've been running so many sales, it's hard to keep up with
1: mm-hmm.
2: on, on everything. So guys, I can't keep up with you guys on the sales. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, that Mike Lindell is going to be doing another. They've got some sort of big plan going on in August for their uh, their election integrity summit. We aren't going this year. We went last year, mm-hmm. the Moment of Truth Summit. Scott's not able to go this year either. But they are working on things behind the scenes. And so when you are supporting My Pillow, mm-hmm. it's not just to get absolutely phenomenal, amazing products. Yeah. And you can go to the My Store and use our promo code there too. Promo code RC. So there's not just the, there's not, how many towels do you need? How many, the sandals that I live in every single day? How many of those do you need? How many pillows do you need? How many, you know, Giza dream sheets can you buy? How many, all of those things. Okay. My whole life is my pillow. I get it. I get it. I get it. But there are still things that you can get that you can use for gifts and you can support and literally everything that we have ever gotten from my, the, my store or my pillow has been the top quality and we use them every day. Yeah. So I want you guys to go to mypillow.com, use promo code chicks and support Mike Lindell in the work that he is doing because how are we gonna take back our nation? Yes, the power of God, but one of the biggest things is our elections.
4: Yeah, and if you guys are seeing what we're seeing, uh, come down the line, then go to IT and Trading and you're gonna break up the little deal. Sure and show them where they can call and you can
2: tell them like I was like we were saying let me move I'm gonna have to figure out how I'm gonna do this moving forward but like I was saying when it comes to getting back to real standard money Nigel Farage has been debanked but you can't debank somebody who has a a private vault of gold and silver you can't stop them from making exchanges if you don't hold it you don't own it so I want to encourage those of you guys the fed now accounts and we should do a whole episode on this just launched three days ago what does that mean oh my gosh it's coming Mm -hmm. that's what it means if you are if you are stuck sitting on piles of cash or a retirement account that you are counting on yeah god help you and i just mean that genuinely god help you I don't care what you do with it. If you would like to transfer it to actual real money, go to ITM Trading, uh, learn.itmtrading.com forward slash chicks or call them 1-866-950-7776 or get yourself some land. Put it, it, just get out of the cash. That's all I can say to you guys. Get out of cash yesterday. Yeah. Only hold as much as you would need for about two months. Yeah. And I, know, I hear a lot of you guys, Michelle, we don't even have two months. I don't even have two weeks. I don't have two days. Okay. God's going to take care of all the rest of y'all. I am speaking specifically and y'all know who you are. You are sitting on this cash because you are so afraid and you're going to hold on to it so tight. It's going to end up like the Confederate dollar and it's going to slip right through your fingers. When you could be doing something right now that makes you the banker going into what is about to happen. Okay. And I can I can't. And so yes, I and, want you guys to go to ITM trading, but also could you just get out of the cities? Yeah, please. I am begging you guys get some land, get out of the cities, do whatever you can. If you are listening to me on a large screen TV in your living room in a, in suburbia, that is not where you want to be. When this right. whole thing goes down. Okay. So please, please get out. Go to ITM Trading. Tell them Resistance Chick sent you. And I promise you, you will be, what's co- the banker, you will be secure with what's coming down the line. But if you are holding that cash, all bets are off. Yep. All right. Goodbye, Facebook. All right. Anybody on mm-hmm. Facebook, I'm going to grab the Rumble link. And I want to encourage you guys to click on it. I'm putting it in the chat right now. And follow us over to... Um, Rumble so we can finish the rest of our show. stories,
4: and I'm trying to pop through these because i got to get going.
2: All right, we're going to pop right through them. Are you all ready? Everybody on Facebook, one, two, three. Click on the Rumble link. Go to our channel, Resistance Chicks on Rumble, and you can continue this amazing broadcast because it's awesome. All right, so
4: Archer Pavlosky is found guilty of inciting mischief and eco-terrorism, a threat to Canadian freedom and expression of religion, Calgary, Alberta, July 18th, 2023. In a recent ruling, Archer Pavlovsky has been found guilty by a judge of inciting mischief and eco-terrorism, leaving Canadians concerned about the erosion of their fundamental rights to freedom of expression and freedom of religion. The sentencing for this case is scheduled for August 9, 2023, unless further legal actions are taken to challenge the verdict. The implications of this ruling are far-reaching, as it poses a significant threat to the cherished principles that have defined Canadian society for generations. If not struck down, It could set a dangerous precedent whereby any individual, including politicians, journalists, and private citizens who dare to oppose the ruling party, expose corruption, or voice dissent against tyranny may face up to 10 years of imprisonment. Nathaniel Pavlovsky, the son of Arthur, recently delivered a heartfelt speech before the European Parliament highlighting the dire consequences of an abuse of power in the name of public health. He passionately stated, Canada has fallen. We no longer have freedom of religion, freedom of speech, for the right to protest or assemble or associate or express ourselves or have free media or disagree with government. Nathaniel's words captured the despair and urgency felt by many Canadians who believe their fundamental rights are being violated. He further emphasized the concerning nature of his father's case, stating, "My father was just found guilty of inciting mischief for giving a sermon to the truckers when they went and stood for our rights in 2022. A Christian sermon that referenced the solidarity movement was criminal in the gov- in our government's eyes. A uh, a charge that he that has a penalty of up to 10 years in prison." this verdict not only affects arthur Pavlovsky personally but also establishes a dangerous precedent that stifles freedom of expression and freedom of religion for all canadians Archer Pavlovsky, born behind the iron curtain in poland and familiar with the perils of unchecked despotism has been recently found guilty by a judge of inciting mischief and eco-terrorism this verdict resonates deeply with arthur's personal history as he shared his experiences stating the horrors inflicted by unchecked despotism have burned their mark into my memory these memories led me to vow never again never again would i bow to tyranny never again would i let freedom's voice be muffled guided by this promise arthur sought refuge in canada a nation that represents a beacon of liberty freedom according to arthur extends beyond a mere word it embodies the essence of our humanity courage and determination he emphasized that the pursuit of freedom comes at a cost one borne by soldiers journalists and volunteers Archer himself has tasted the bitter price of freedom, enduring the hardships of cold handcuffs and harsh judgment. Undeterred, he remains steadfast, saying, The soldier stands unflinching. Knowing that freedom bears a cost, there is a price to pay. As a journalist, he has fearlessly spoken truth to power, amplifying his voice from Calgary and beyond, fulfilling the duty of free speech. Additionally, Arter's commitment to his community has been demonstrated through selfless acts of service, recognizing that true freedom lies in serving others. Drawing inspiration from St. Augustine, Arter quoted, Hope has two beautiful daughters, anger and courage. Anger at the status quo and courage to change it. He challenged the members of the European Parliament, asking thought-provoking questions. How many nights in a cold cell would you endure for freedom? What lengths would you traverse to defend your people's rights? Archer's unwavering resolve is exemplified by the 50 nights he spent in jail. Wow. So I felt the power of God over that. And, you know, even in talking about our censorship and not being able to say certain things on Facebook, already having two YouTubes taken down, having our Twitter accounts taken down, And that is nothing in comparison to the light of what Archer Pavlovsky has done as a man of God on the front lines, putting his body there. I stand behind a screen, okay? And I, I pontificate and I pray. But our, Arthur fed the homeless when it was below zero outside in Canada and was arrested. He held church. Remember, Arthur Pabloski went to jail for holding church services. And now the second trial, which he faces 10 years in prison for going to the truckers who were protesting the fact that you could not get in and out of Canada without taking a a a bioweapon in your arm that has caused severe abnormalities, death and destruction to people around the globe. And they were stuck as prisoners on either side of the border. And he went there as a man of God, filled with the glory of God, and he preached a sermon. And for that, he faces 10 years in prison. And I say, no, sir, not on my watch. You have rights in Canada and they are given to you by God. So in God's name, I speak life to this situation and I pray that Canada's government, this evil totalitarian government will fall in the name of Jesus. You totalitarian, godless words I can't say on on, on words I'm not supposed to say. People who do not have the love of God or a spine to stand up to evil. Those of you who are, are evil. Father God, what I pray for right now is for revival and I pray for repentance because you will bless Canada when the people turn to you and when they repent of their sins, of their uh, of being passive, of going along with sin, of just thinking that you can just be a nice person. While the evilness of sin has been creeping underground all throughout Canada in all these lefty woke cities that are filled with all kinds of LGBT nonsense and debauchery and socialism, where you think that you can go and take something that belongs to somebody else so that you can have a park, so that you can have healthcare, so that you can have things. That's not how this world works. My body, my work, I keep it. And if I choose to share it, that is Christian charity, but it's not Christian charity. It is the Antichrist to go bang, bang, bang on somebody's door and say, we want a road, give us your money money that is socialism it is unbiblical and it is not what jesus christ preached jesus christ preached that you share willingly paul said it hey listen we don't actually have the tithe anymore but we have some offerings and so we got some people in jerusalem and i have some needs and i'm coming to you and i'm asking you to give willingly not because you need to but because god has put it on your heart and actually that's how all governments are supposed to be funded and so, Archer Pavlovsky, we stand with you in the spirit of God. And we plead the blood of Jesus over you. And we ask for angels to surround you. And I pray, Father God, that this case doesn't even make it to court. I rebuke Satan coming after Do- uh, Archer because he is on the front lines. And he is taking more hits for people around the globe. While other men who call themselves Christians stick their head in the sand. Amen. Amen anything you want to say
2: no i think you covered it
4: we love you arthur all right going to australia real quick here australia's government proposed misinformation disinformation bill proposed bill targets everyday australians of course the misinformation
2: bill here i don't know if i have you do
4: you do you do you do he is right here okay
17: is pushed the public has completely switched off and disengaged from the mainstream media because most people have caught on to the utter bullshit that the mainstream media is pushing mm. and everyone i think was exposed to that during the time of COVID and the pandemic and today a lot of people are reflecting on you know the, the lies and the misinformation and disinformation that was fed to them by authorities while you had more independent more alternative and these commentators online actually sharing with people an alternative viewpoint that actually turned out to be mostly uh, vindicated and true now yeah so this effectiveness of independent uh media Alternative media is scaring the crap out of governments all around it's the out world, establishment. out of the establishment. Yeah. It is coordinated. Like they're talking about these bills, t- these type of things in Canada, in New, New Zealand. Zealand. Uh, the only country where there's a, the, a slither of uh, hope that this kind of thing doesn't get pushed through is America because they have a Bill of Rights and yeah. they have the, the Declaration of Independence uh, Constitution. Constitution, so Constitution mad that, that we don't has, have, that that have yeah. these protections. But in our countries, in Australia, as free as we believe we are, we are very well managed by our governments through these legislation is more enslaved than those who falsely believe that they are free that's right that's right i don't know i I read that somewhere i don't know where but it's so true and so true and we are at a crossroads right now in terms of this battle and you know ensuring that into the next generation you know into our children's generation that they can still enjoy these same kind of protections that we have to actually openly speak uh criticize our governments uh, you know, give an alternative viewpoint when you know the globalists push their next pandemic or fifteen. Whatever cities, else they're going to do, whatever it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. That we need to be able to use our voice. Fifteen minute and, and are and no right. cities are not right. They're not true. They're not and true. Use this platform. You're going to get no. us
12: kicked off for one silly comment.
17: <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's a legitimate thing. I'm just saying fifteen minute cities. Uh, fifteen minute discussed. cities are coming, boys. <laughs> it's coming. Mm.
4: So you're. It, um... Avi, right there, is another one in Australia who has been standing up for rights. Has been, I think he's been arrested. It's oh, he's it's been, been arrested hard, multiple times. It's been a hard, long road. There, Australians need Jesus big time. All right, so um, one right here, we'll play um, this Rebel News clip, normalizing taboos here, um, and then we'll play Calvin's clip.
8: Trope's of normalizing. Uh, children's awareness and being in sort of inaugurated or initiated into what used to be the mysteries of sexuality which should remain a mystery to 4-year-olds and 5-year-olds and 6-year-olds uh they consider it a ch- uh, they they frame it in the in the, in in tropes of uh, it's child's right to know it's a child's right To know about sexual pleasure and also in terms of diversity and inclusion when they present drag queen story hour these grotesque parodies of women they wanted the kids to get very accustomed to being in this presence and to consider the sexual uh the sexualized content of these some of these stories uh to be you know quite normal people say it's grooming it is grooming and of course they get very angry when you say that because uh and then they label you a hateful transphobe but i don't care anymore mm. normalizing
4: well said okay so kids kids they are more than normalizing this they are grooming children they are teaching kids every day on twitter i see another crazed lefty who has a book books are this big thing right now banning these books teaching you know what i saw something that uh, i commented on i said um This, this, this book, this woman wrote for kids on explaining different things about different things. That's an upset. And, uh, it was just one page of her book. And she's like, um, I wouldn't have a problem with a, a, a mature eight year old reading this, but you know, maybe, um, 10 to 15 or something like that. And I wrote back, I said, I'm an adult. This is, this is too much for my age group. This does not fit my age group. Nobody needs to know about all of your different things that are now in my head, but I now know things that I didn't need to know on your, in your, and you know what they use? They use cartoon drawings. Oh,
2: cause they make it more. Cause they're bringing
4: children. in children. Right. And guys, we have to draw the line at them mutilating children. All
2: right. Last story of the day. You have to actually draw the line way, 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 way back. Right? Because what happens is when we get here because nobody drew the line. You're talking about drawing the line at the extreme. The line needs to be drawn back there with sex ed for kids. You're supposed to go to school reading, writing, and arithmetic and science and history. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Nowhere should you ever have sexual education or indoctrination or grooming for children in school. You know why they have to teach children? The
4: only thing you need to teach children is basic, simple biology. They're teaching kids, and they use this word, and I absolutely hate it, and Christians use it too, pleasure, pleasure, sexual pleasure. Okay, and and I see this in the conservative circles because they go back and forth between the feminist and and, um,
2: because patriarchy and they're- Because they're all full of lust and sin. They're rewriting the purpose of sexual activity. It is for procreation, it is for having children, it is for bringing life into this world. And what they are, they are exchanging the purpose of sex, which is to bring life and saying it's just for pleasure, which is a lie. And as soon as you can embed that into a child's mind, you've got them. Yeah, and
4: there's many Christians and adults who say that. Stop and using that, that word. It's, it's pretty gross. I see the arguments all the time. Also... The pyramid of white supremacy here in Church of England. It used to be when
2: something is pleasant, it was just mildly amusing. Well, it's pleasant,
4: not your stop with this sexual perversion, lust. Stop it. Let me start it. Here we go.
18: This week, the Church of England doubled down on CRT with the pyramid of white supremacy being taught in Church of England schools. The Church of England's guidance for schools is seeped in the divisive language of critical race theory. I'm joined by the Reverend Brett Murphy to discuss this madness. Father Brett, thank you for joining us again. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. leads to... You can use mass murder. They've put out this this pyramid of white supremacy you go from indifference up to minimization And then you've suddenly entered veiled racism which leads to, to discrimination okay. calls for violence KKK neo-nazis burning crosses and then you've got violence including lynching and hate crimes And then you end up in mass murder from not confronting racism from not being actively anti-racist Now this doesn't seem to me to fall in line with what I've read in the scriptures But maybe you've got a different take Father Brett
11: Well, it just depends on what they define as anti-racism. So they've defined it as something unscriptural, so which seems to be the trend for the Church of England these days. Mm -hmm. They have decided to go along with something based on secular cultural Marxism. Uh, That pyramid actually causes a division between ethnicities uh, in the human race, the single race that all people belong to, uh, the children of God. And an unfortunate thing about that is they could actually present a really positive worldview. Yeah, we should actively be opposed to racism, from a Biblical standpoint, but because they've drifted so far from the Bible, they then f- therefore look out to other sources to find some sort of way to interpret the world, and also they just want a woke virtue signal, mm-hmm. and you end up with this kind of wacky stuff, which is so far from Scripture, it's it's a joke, it's laughable.
18: Yeah, I don't even think it's just far from Scripture, I think it's counter-scriptural. I think it's the idea of white supremacy counter- and white privilege is, is
5: trying to undermine the idea of original.
4: It means to strip
5: religion out of this for a moment and focus on the needs and the best interests of children. So whatever school, whatever school this is, I think it's over the top and slightly extreme to codify the way that racism manifests itself in societies into a pyramid. And I also think that though it is an interesting challenge, just as we were talking earlier about how to communicate properly with children about the challenges facing them as they develop as sexual beings. So this is a challenge because clearly racism exists in our society, in Britain, and any racism is too much racism. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we don't want to overemphasize difference in children. Because what we know, or what we hope we know, is that when children start out in life, they don't care what skin color you are, they don't care what religion you are, they don't care what ethnicity, you are and you go to the vast majority of schools in London and it is a melting pot mm. so to start at a young age and i don't know what age this pyramid is targeting but to start at a young age it's fine to discuss this at a levels or gcses but to start too young i think risks driving people a little further apart the point. than perhaps bringing the them design. together that isn't yeah. to say that understanding what white privilege means and the problems as well that can be associated with that term, unpacking that, really trying to have a useful conversation around it in schools, in some form, in some classes, in some subjects, isn't a useful thing because I think it probably is.
18: Okay. Emma, I tend to think that white privilege is an inherently divisive term that Mm -hmm. comes from neo-Marxism which is designed actually to divide us and break us down into subgroups for for a power dynamic uh, that the left can use to control us and win our (laughs) votes. I don't think it has any place in any school. Uh, maybe a debate in university, but certainly not in tertiary education. What's your stance? I
9: also, I think it's also particularly, to use a horrible turn of phrase from the other side, harmful. I think it's, it's problematic, is it? It's, <laughs> but for, for, particularly for young working class boys, who we know from studies are the most disadvantaged in education in terms of edu- educational outcomes. We've seen cases where... Um, there have been special schools set up to help people of non white backgrounds ignoring the fact that it 's working class boys that are falling behind to tell somebody that they are privileged um, when it 's not their experience when when they know that they you know their family, for example, when we talk about reparations, their family um, didn't contribute to slavery. You know if their ancestors were you know miners many 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 generations back uh, not slave owning for example not to suggest that if they were they should pay reparations but you see where i'm going with this um i think that that is ugly and I think telling telling some children that they are privileged and telling um, people from non-white backgrounds that they are therefore victims is really disempowering and Catherine Burblesing has talked ab- about this particular issue in the context of her own school I think very powerfully um, can I but I, I on... just if I can just yeah. briefly say I think that the, the way that your guest um, put it, I think, is beautiful because I do want to bring Christianity back into this uh, because I do think that this is anti-scriptural. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is, as he said, you know, this, these are ideas that are totally extraneous to Christianity, very much the sort of thing that the C of E is into at the moment, and. When they talk about being anti-racist rather than racist what they're saying is that they don't, they don't believe in the traditional, in fact Christianity is very much in line with uh, the Martin Luther King rec- you know, judging people by the content of their character, not Colourable. the colour of their skin, it's colour blind, but the new anti-racism is not colour blind, it, it thinks that being colour blind is racist, um, and so I think that you know, if, if the Church of England would just stick to scripture, then they could be a beacon for this country. That's a
18: groundbreaking uh, idea, Emma.
9: I know, isn't it? Um, but I, I, I do, I think the problem here is that the Church of England, as we've discussed on every single show, Calvin, uh, they're bringing in ideas that are extraneous to Christianity, and that—that that is the problem. Okay. Just, just to pick, pick up on the Christian...
5: I
4: have one little tiny clip from him. Um, it's 27 seconds here um, about being tolerant. To the right? Yeah. To the right, right before the bit shoots one, so it's going to be way over here, I think. Can they see it?
18: Mm-hmm. And that tolerance is a Christian virtue. We need to be tolerant of people of other faiths and non, and people of other ideas. But where, where does it say that tolerance is a Christian virtue? Faith, hope and love are our virtues. Right. And we've, we've got the theological virtues, we've got the cardinal virtues. We don't have tolerance anywhere among them, because we're not supposed to be tolerant. The, the Bible tells us, be in, intolerant of evil and love good. There's, there's a difference between good and evil, but we can't be tolerant of what is not good we also get told all the so time
2: good. Hate, yeah evil he says good. things
4: in such a um profoundly articulate simplistic way. as well simplistic way and it's like yeah everyone bold. should
2: know that it shouldn't be controversial to say that the bible says to hate and to shun and to flee from evil and to love and strive after and run after things that are good yeah uh a, and then we are given throughout the bible the standards of what evil and good are, because then the left could say, well, but I believe that expressing yourself however you well, want to is stand to, good, but left, that's not what the Bible says. The left says. does not
4: tolerate evil, their view of evil, does exactly. it? Exactly. No, they they embrace only what they think is good, which is uh, critical race theory, um, sexualizing children, and they've gone so far to where they want us to be stuck on these computers, which is why we're going to sign up here. Hopefully that you're doing something while you're listening to our show uh, get outside, get in nature, don't let them steal your your life, liberty, and your pursuit of happiness. And join uh, uh, the Kingdom Roundtable on Monday.
2: Tomorrow night, Jason Heidinger is going to lead the roundtable. So that'll be really awesome. He's got a couple of things he's been sharing with us, and I'm really excited and about that. And then join that. us
4: Wednesday back uh, to have the uh, fellows on again, I believe, for another uh, Revelation Red Pill. I am not exactly sure what the topic is, but I think we're going to take a turn to the seven churches. And I think we're going to talk about getting clean because the, there is a judgment coming. And it was something in the messages going back and forth today with, with uh, Rob and Jason and Serge and, and Corey. And uh, with the sound of freedom, guys, God is bringing things to the surface to be healed in this moment of time. And the book of Revelation gives us a really good outline to how God takes care of the wicked. So we're going back to the
2: book of Revelation for the second time, and we're gonna right? and We'll see
4: how many of the seven churches we can get so to. So if you guys
2: are not tuning into Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays, you are missing out. This is the most explosive series that we have ever done. I'm very very excited about it, and the feedback that we've gotten for Revelation Red Pill has been the strongest of any uh, any series or any shows that we have ever done. So I want to highly encourage you guys to tune in live and if you can't watch live to watch them back after the fact. Um, there was something else I was going to add to all of this, but I will say this. Continue to go see The Sound of Freedom. Yeah, and take friends. And to take friends. And don't believe everything that you read on the internet about Tim Ballard. Yes. And I mean that we are seeing... This film and and the, the movement and momentum behind it yes. is 100% God. Yes. And anything that would try to disparage that is an attack from the devil. Yes. Tim Ballard is one of the most righteous men of God living and breathing today. And any attack against him,
8: mm-hmm.
2: any attack against him is from Satan. Yeah. Do not believe them. They are lies. And we've been telling you guys this especially they don't even need AI to come up with some of this stuff, but I'm going to tell you, I know Tim Ballard. I don't know him personally, but I do know personally people that do know him personally, Leo and Nancy Martin. He's supported the Jenny museum for years. I have watched hours and hours and hours of footage from this guy. I'm telling you what, I know the spirit of this man and it yeah. is the spirit of God. It is absolutely. So anything that's coming to disparage him is the spirit of the devil. Yeah. And I wouldn't care if they came out with footage because I wouldn't believe it. Because now we know with AI, they can come up with whatever they want to come up with. We're just seeing
4: the fruits of what is coming out of Sound of Freedom. And it's so amazing. And people are recognizing that sex trafficking of kids goes back to pornography and people are coming
2: out of that. So it's a huge, big deal. Exactly. James uh, over there, and he's uh, one of our resident black people on the show. Thank you, James, for tuning in and being so encouraging. His uh, handle over here is one of our moderators on Rumble. The term white privilege is a segue to the discrimination of white people generally. Thank you for that. Well, That's...
4: yeah, and it actually discriminates against black people more than I think it discriminates against white people. Yeah. Uh, because imagine, I didn't have any of those racism classes as, as a kid. No. And so you just have a kid room full of kids, and they're all just kids. Exactly. And I can't imagine having being taught that I had some sort of privilege. You know what that would have done to me? It would have made me pretty prideful and arrogant. Yes! Like I'm special.
2: That's the point of
4: it. It's to create more white privileged people. It would have me look at my friends and feel bad for them. I feel so sorry for you that you're not like me. And I am just like white and you're black and I'm really sorry but like we can talk about it. Did you have some microaggressions today? Like, how are you feeling? Because like, I know it's
2: racist and it creates more racists and that's all that it is. So I want to also encourage you guys to go to our Rumble channel, follow us, ring the bell, download the Rumble app, because when you do that and you ring the bell and you are following us every single time we go live, a little thing pops up and you can join us live. It's amazing. I love it. It's so cool. Now, Patriot Gallery has done shows this week. She's been killing it. I mean, she has, not only has she been streaming them live, but she's been editing them. So, um, I have no idea how to say that. Is that just Seidel? Seidel, yeah. Prophetic Eclipse Coming Commentary by PG. She did that in three parts. So I'm going to encourage you guys to go back and watch that. So many of you are are telling me that you love listening to Patriot Gallery. I do too. It's awesome. Our show from Friday, um, about the Sound of Freedom, the full show is there and the, the live second half is there, um... And this is just the unedited version. Go and watch the edited version. I think she probably needs to pull that down and set that one as private. But this one, Special Report, East Palestine Hazardous Waste Disposal Exposed. That's the one I want you guys to watch and share, 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 share with everybody that you can. Leah did a little show, Walking in the Garden with God. And then, of course, our Revelation Red Pill with Corey and Rob and Jason was phenomenal. A little clip from when we do Lives with American Sunrise every Wednesday. Um, and then the Kingdom Roundtable is there. So there's so much... Patriot Gallery's got establishing legal authority, power, and jurisdiction. There's no reason for you to watch anything else because it's all right here at Resistance Chicks. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. And we will see you right here tomorrow night. We won't be live, but our brothers in Christ will be for the Kingdom Roundtable. And then again on Wednesday for the Revelation Red Pill, which you cannot afford to miss. You know you love it. All right. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. I was called all alone,
1: no place for home every day, so afraid, but you called my name, turned my eyes to the lies, no truth inside, On the run from the sun.